go. My little buttercup has the sweetest smile. Dear little buttercup, won't you stay a while? You and I will settle down in a cottage built for two. Dear little buttercup, I love you. It's my song for you, Brett. Woo! Thank you, Lucas. You, uh, we, I actually had to pay Lucas to start off the award show, uh, with his, with his, uh, cover of My Little Buttercup. Is that what that song's called? Yeah, My Little Buttercup, written by Randy Newman for the movie Three Amigos, 1986, Steve Martin, Chevy Chase, Martin Short, comedy classic. Uh, and why did you why did you choose that one, Lucas? You know, because every time we hop on here, I just think like just like I'm your baby beluga, you're my little buttercup. You know. <laughs> you know, I I think I think I can live with that. If we had a morning radio show, we'd be uh, Buttercup and the Beluga, Buttercup and the Baby Beluga. I think it would be our our morning zoo names. Oh yeah, like Beluga and Little Buttercup or. Or, uh, <laughs> Buttercup and the Big Beluga. And now, <laughs> Buttercup and the Baby Beluga. What's up, guys? Baby Beluga here. <laughs> and Lil Buttercup. <laughs> Shut up, Buttercup. <laughs> Fart sound. Oh, dude. I, like, <laughs> this is <laughs> this is a very special episode, so I don't want to get off on too much of a tangent. <laughs> it's it's going to be a long episode, too. But... Fuck radio shows, dude. Have you listened? Do you listen to the radio at all these days? No, no. I, I haven't listened to the radio probably in like, like earnestly listen to it like regularly in over 10 years. It, there's really no reason to. I don't know how there even is still a radio out, honestly. I'm uh, surprised. I mean, between Spotify and Pandora and all the streaming shit, like podcasts and all that stuff, like the fact that people still listen to radio... I, I think at this point, and we might get some hate uh, comments from this if anyone listens, but uh, I think radio is meant for people who don't really, really love music. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, yeah, there have been, there have been times when like you don't want to hook up the Bluetooth or put in your CD or whatever, and you're going for a real quick drive, and you just exactly. turn the radio on or something. Those are the moments that I've listened to the radio lately. And, and that's when I hear... <laughs> Uh, the, the shit like, that they play on the radio, the, the shit that they say on the radio, it's, you oh, know, the man. music is one whole entire thing all by itself. Uh, but just the fact that there's still like morning radio hosts and morning, like radio shows throughout the day. And they just all talk about the same shit they've been talking about. It's like stories. Dude. Yeah. I got drunk at the bar and there was a pussy out and a girl had a dildo <laughs> swinging around. I was like, God, man, I, I didn't understand these shows when they were relevant. I don't understand them now. I don't know who would want to listen to this shit so early in the morning. I know, dude, but I used to love it, man. Back in the day, I used to listen to, you know, there was one in Houston, 93.7. It was a classic rock radio station and their radio, man, I can't remember the, the host. But, you know, when I was uh, 14, 15, driving to high school, I thought that shit was hilarious. I mean, yeah, I did too. And when I was in grade school, I listened to Bobby Bones on ninety six seven. 
See, I've heard of Bobby Bones for sure. Um, uh, man, I wish I remembered the guys out of Houston. Listeners, if you guys know who I'm talking about, 93.7 in like the late 90s. Who the fuck was, who, who, who were those <laughs> hosts? Because it was, it was something like BJ and the Bear or fucking, you know, <laughs> Buttercup and the Baby Beluga. Uh, I mean, like one of those. Yeah, 96.7 was, you know, like the Bobby Bones show with Lunchbox. And Lunchbox. Amy Carlos. Austin's number one radio show. 96.7 Kiss FM. And now we're going to play the same song we've been playing for 20 years. Uh, but right now, Lucas, I'll tell you what. We're not going to play the same song we've been playing for 20 years. We're going to play the same audios we've been saying about this podcast that we've been saying for this year. We're going over the best, the biggest, and the brightest of the podcast of 2021. Mm. Mm. You're getting me pumped, man. I'm so ready to do this. It is the first official Earbuds Award show. Did we settle on Nuggies? Have we settled on I'd the Nuggies? I'd rather call it the the Ear Buddies or like the Buddies or something. Let's call it the Buddies. The, the, buddy the inaugural first annual Buddies Award show. <laughs> That's fucking horrible. <laughs> Maybe next and year I'll, we'll have a have a good name for it. Yeah, we'll we'll have a whole nother year to think of it. It's not like we haven't had this whole year to fucking think of a name. Yeah. But uh, on that note, what's up, buddies? And welcome to Earbuds Podcast. The podcast where two friends talk about one album for one time. Or over and over and over again at the end of the year. Uh, we are your hosts, me, uh, Baby Beluga, uh, Lucas Intercoms, and my co-host, Brett the My Little Buttercup hand hand. Thank you so much, Lucas. Oh man, where's my sound effects board, Brad? <laughs> I had to I had to steal it from you because you wouldn't stop playing with it. I do love that thing. <laughs> Guys, this is the award show of the podcast that we made uh for this year. This is covering we we made about twenty different categories. Holy shit! Uh, for awards, and it's all related to the podcast. It was fun, kind of going back and listening to, you know, all our episodes, all the albums that we've covered on the episodes. So much fun! Um, it's it's been a, a blast revisiting this shit. We we got together for like a couple hours, even like leading up to this episode, to figure out. What are the awards? Who are our nominees? Who's the winner? And we took this a little more seriously than I personally expected us to. Uh, I thought we were just gonna fly through this, but we we take this uh you know we we take this to heart a little bit, man. Like we yeah. had uh we were lucky enough to you know we both kind of you know to a certain extent have very similar tastes in music. Um, we brought a lot of really great recommendations for each other to the podcast. I mean, pretty much every other episode was you know either my choice or Brett's choice. And we went back and forth and back and forth and it kept it really fresh and really interesting this year. And it's um, similar to last year where I was doing daily album reviews. I mean, there was a lot of music that I heard this year that I would not have heard had we not been doing this podcast, had you not recommended it to me. And to be honest, uh, most of the music that we listened to on the podcast, because we did like over 50 episodes this year, um, was a majority of the music that I listened to this year. So it was... (laughs) It was easy yeah. to go back and, and revisit, you know, it was, it was like a, like an old friend who was very familiar. Yeah. It was a, 
it, it was a very eye-opening experience, very personally to you, Lucas. Uh, and I believe you felt the same way that listening to these albums that we chose for each other, you know, to kind of listen to for a week at least, uh, yeah. or a little less than a week. I mean, however much times. we could stand, to be honest. Uh, you know, it gives us more insight. It gives us, it makes us give these albums a fair shake, even if we've had bad uh, preconceptions of them in the past. For sure. Like, you know, first impressions are out the window because, um, you know, we, we kind of force ourselves to to really dive into this stuff. And so it, it made it uh, that's why what made it so difficult to uh, to pick winners and losers and all this stuff, because it was like, you know, we we dove in so hard into pretty much every album that we talked about this year that um, I grew very fond of a lot of the music that we've listened to this year and talked about. And uh, yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm especially excited and I'm not trying to be a bitch, but I am especially excited to kind of finally talk trash about some albums and earnestly talk trash about them because, you know, me and you, dude, like we, we try so hard to, to be political, quote unquote, or objective or whatever. Like we, mean, we, don't, we don't like to slam dunk on things that we don't like. You know, it, it doesn't feel, it doesn't bring us joy, even though it does to me deep down. <laughs> <laughs> to just rip something apart. Uh, so I'm just excited to finally get into like the negative stuff. Like finally, you know, there were even some records that, that came on that, you know, friends of ours came on and introduced us to. And, you know, we don't want to, uh, at least at the moment, um, fucking talk, you know, mad shit about uh, <laughs> the music that they enjoy. But now's our opportunity, man. Now's our time to air our grievances uh, and to also just like give major props and and love to the music that we listened to and loved this year. So, yeah. And uh, guys, this episode is uh, we the day this episode comes out is the one year anniversary of this podcast. Yeah, almost to the day. Uh, and it's just I don't know. It's it's just really cool to go over retrospective. Uh, but. I think, Lucas, you feel the same way I do, that when we're done with this list, it's time for this year, man. It's time for 2022. It's time to get into some new stuff. It's time to I'm go so ready. bigger. We're going to keep going stronger. We're going to keep yep. getting better. Yep. And uh, we're not going to get slowed down. We're not going to get stuck in the muck of looking back on our peak which was like episode eight or 12, you know? Yeah. It was all downhill from, I think episode like eight or nine. Yeah. That's kind of when we lost the energy. Yeah, you know? man. And I've been, I've told you several times in the, in this whole month, cause this whole month of December has been nothing but recaps and, and revisiting and stuff. Yeah. And I have missed having a record to listen to. I've missed having to take notes and learning like about a new album or a new band or Anything like that, I miss it, man. So um, I'm really excited for for the next year, and and I'm excited to go over this list, dude. Let's start the first annual Buddies Awards. Uh, and I think Lucas, it's very fitting that the first category <laughs> uh, of the year of the Earbuds Podcast Awards is Best Album to Smoke To. Oh baby, and you know that is something I love to do. Um, smoking is, uh, you know, just consuming cannabis, I think is a huge part of my life and it adds so much to my music listening experience and, you know, it might not be something that you, uh, share with me, but at least you appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I'd be lying if I said I didn't dabble 
Uh, <laughs> I don't quite have my own setup you dip your or anything. toes. You're a toe dipper. Uh, but to you, best album to smoke to doesn't mean like most chill, most no. like settled down album to smoke to. Right. No, for me, the best album to smoke to is uh, usually music I like when I'm high is there's a lot going on. And it doesn't have to be all electronic. It doesn't have to be any certain genre. I mean, I can I enjoy listening to hip hop stone just as much as I do listen to metal and punk and reggae and everything in between. So, yeah, so we have a little bit of a, a, a mix here. So here are nominees for best album to smoke to. First one is Rags by Earth Gang. Great hip-hop record. Great EP. Great EP. Tons going on in their beats. They're very psychedelic beats. It was an easy one to add to the list. Uh, second one was Space is Still the Place by Bright Light Soul Shower, which was my favorite record of the year. Uh, incredible production. Incredible songwriting. That shit takes you on a journey. Especially Stoned. Next is Malibu by Anderson Pack. We fucking love Anderson Pack. How can you not absolutely just groove out to this album? And just so much going on musically. The the Free Nationals are an incredible backing band for Anderson, Oof. and they brought the fucking heat on Malibu, and and um, so enjoyable to listen to. And the last one was Dub Side of the Moon by the Easy Star All Stars, the reggae cover of the entire Dark Side of the Moon record by Pink Floyd. Incredible, incredible smoking music, tons going on. It was great. And uh, our winner of Best Album to Smoke To is what? Well, I'll tell you, Lucas. It's yeah. Space is Still the Place uh, by space. the Bright Light Social Hour. Guys, come on down. Come on down. Y'all, we, we talked about this album extensively in our uh, Best Albums uh, of the Year Best songs. episode. <laughs> Uh, but it's just such a beautiful production uh, on all sides. They're kind of a psych rock band with a little blues hint in there, if you haven't heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you just you just go on a journey through this album, and nearly every song is smoothly transitioned into the next one. So Which adds a lot to the experience. It, it makes it a record that you just sit down and listen to the whole thing all the way through. And what better to, you know, roll up a joint or load a bowl or get a dab going and uh, just sit there and vibe out for 45 minutes, man. It's one of the best records to, for that and so much to listen to and so much to take in. So Space is Still the Place, best album to smoke to of 2021. And after that, we go straight into our next category, which is best vibes. Best vibes. And what is the difference between this and the best album to smoke to, Lucas? So we had a kind of a debate on this, or not really a debate, but a discussion, but it's, uh, you know, vibes is something that you don't necessarily need to be, uh, you know, on a substance to have uh, it be more enjoyable. Vibes is something that you can put on and literally just like zone out or you put it on in the background when you're hanging out with friends or when you're doing chores or anything. And it's just mm -hmm. something that's just so easy to, you, you kind of, it's not really background music and it's not really something that you're sitting and like fully focusing on but it just adds to the overall atmosphere of the moment that you're in right it's it seems like it's a more social kind of mood and but not not like an obstructive album 
Yeah, no, it's and usually vibes um, are not heavy music. Usually vibes is more chill music. Um, so, what did uh, what what were the the nominees for best vibes? Well, I'll tell you, Lucas. Uh, nominees for the best vibes of the year are Journey to the Savalin uh, by Coastal Kites. Yep. We got Telephone by No Name, which yep. is a great jazzy. Uh, not exactly rap, maybe a little more R&B record. Yeah, almost uh, like uh, slam poetry, but without the slam. Yeah, debut album by No Name. Uh, Journey to the Savlin, by the way, is an instrumental record uh, by Coastal Kites. It's very Incredible. kind of uh, jungle-y, I guess. You can yeah, just... I guess you could say it's like uh, very electronic-leaning like world music. Right, and... Every song you can imagine yourself taking a journey under, you know, under cavern, in, underwater, in a in a cave, in in a swamp forest. Yeah. Uh, the next nominee is Rags by Earth Gang. You might Again. see. Uh, listen, we have some standouts of this year, man, and yeah. it's it'd be hard to say that Rags wasn't one of the better hip hop. You know, collection of songs that we listened to this year because it's an EP, it's not a full record, but Rags is amazing. Space is still the place, one of the best rock records that we listened to this year. Like, we can both agree on that, or at least one of our favorites. So, yeah, yeah man, Rags by Earth Gang, great vibes, amazing vibes. Those are vibes to sit in your, like, drive around in your car downtown right after it got done raining and just fucking vibe out for 25 minutes, man. And the last nominee is Space is Still the Place, Bright Light Social Hour. Same Sorry, thing. Guys. It's fine. Listen, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. But look, who's the winner, Lucas? Which album has the best vibes that we listened to in 2021? Man, I wish I could tell you because I don't have a list of the winners. <laughs> That's <laughs> all on your side. Skype, you dingus. You, you didn't send me the winners. I'd sent a second one with three oh, little stars. Oh, thank you. Okay, so best vibes for 2021 is... Rag, rags by Earth Gang. Rags by Earth Gang. It, as soon as the music starts, it immediately takes you into a space that they want to take you into. Yeah. Uh, every. It's song. one of those records that you feel cool listening to it. <laughs> like you feel cool just listening to it, you know. And that is a, a huge part of vibes for me. Like having music make you feel cool is a great fucking vibe. Yeah. And, and this album does it in strides. Uh, but I'll tell you what doesn't make you feel cool, Lucas, and that's listening to an album with some horrible production. Horrible, man. Like, what, you know, if we had a, we learned a lot of things this year about what we look for in music and what is, what we're willing to look past. Uh, you know what we're willing to say well you know that just because they had this doesn't mean I hated it altogether but something that I learned about myself which I've known for a long time but holy shit it really hit home this year was albums with horrible production so this next award is for worst production in an album that we listened to this year it's I think it's really easy to listen to an album with fantastic production and notice it and to listen you know to a horrible album with production and notice it a lot of stuff 98 percent of music i'd say that's released nowadays is somewhere in the middle uh but these albums in particular kind of caught us on the bad side of the ear 
Yeah, uh, yeah. So the nominees are the first one is uh, the band Sheer Mag with their album A Distant Call. Uh, it's such a weird like evolution with this record. I loved it the first time I listened to it, and pretty much completely hated it every other time after oh, that. Oh boy, I I was worried when we were going into this album because I knew you loved it when you when you introduced it. And I, I did. I was not a fan. But maybe no. there's another category where we can get more into the album. <laughs> maybe so. Um, but we have A Distant Call by Sheer Mag. The next one with terrible, awful production was Spit by Kitty. <laughs> I I personally don't think... <laughs> I think the production kind of fits the vibe. Yeah, it does. But that doesn't mean it's a it's good production. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, That's at least true. you can be honest about that. Um, there's horrible new metal production, early two thousands. Um, yeah, man, did not stand the test of time at all. Uh, and the next one, you know, speaking of test of time, uh, this one kind of hurt me a little bit to include it, but I had to be honest about it. Is a uh, album Ultra Mega Okay by Soundgarden. Yeah, uh, our our friend Andres brought that in, and it's from the late seven or late eighties. It's like eighty seven, eighty eight. Somewhere yeah. around that time, I, it and it, we didn't even hit the '90s yet. So this is yeah. this is an old one, and it's I believe their debut album, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right, and uh, holy shit, that did not stand the test of time. That definitely sounds like it came out in the late '80s. Um, you can hear albums that came out in the '60s and '70s that sound like they could have come out yesterday. This one is not one of them. No, uh, despite the fact that I enjoyed it. So with those nominees, the winner for 2021 Worst Production is what, Brett? The Worst Production of 2021 is A Distant Call by yeah. Sheer Mag. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Sorry. it's. I get it. I get it. It's, it's a 70s painful. thing. It's an 80s thing or whatever. No, but that's bullshit because you can listen to Thin Lizzy. And it still sounds fucking good. You listen to Sheer Mag, and it's like it purposefully sounds shitty. Yeah, they. I mean, they did their best to absolutely capture just, an aesthetic. I guess they they captured you know? an aesthetic. Yeah, and but every single song, the it, it, like the guitars and drums sound weirdly compressed, and every single song, the singer has oh, this man. <laughs> Oh my god. Like at first at first you love her voice, right? At first I love her voice. Yeah. And I liked what they did yeah. with her voice. But then song, 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 song with this filter and this delay and this weird ping pong reverb and it's yeah. just it's just I can't listen to it anymore. It gets yeah. on my last nerve. Yeah, man, it's so funny because the first time I listened to it, it was the same thing. I was, I thought they captured that vibe of like early '70s garage rock, you know, kind of trying to bring back a, a glam garage rock type of vibe. But every song had the same production, horrible production on uh, the singer's vocals. They added distortion and treble and pant, like very tinny uh, production to her voice, and it didn't need that. She already has kind of a you know, scratchy, high-pitched, nasal voice. Right. It just made it all so much worse. All the guitar, you know, you couldn't hear bass to fucking save your life. Sorry, <laughs> Sheer Mag. A Distant Call, 
We know what you were going for. The worst production of the year, even over Spit by Kitty. And I'll say it. It's amazing that this is their second record, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't listen to the first one. I don't know if they're doing the same thing in the first one. They are. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just not for me. Yeah. No. I, it it lost me, man. It was it was a weird, a weird progression for me personally. I, I was a little confused and and conflicted on it, but uh, I accepted well, it. Look, there's a lot, a big part of the podcast is listening to albums, giving them a chance, and being pleasantly surprised uh, about the album and yourself. And sometimes the podcast is about being weirdly surprised about how much you hate an album now, or how much an album has turned on you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't know if it's just like a time thing, you know? Like, I listened to this album for the first time, like in early 2020. Uh, but man, listening to it again in, in middle of 2021, that shit lost all its steam. Yeah, well, I, you know, we've learned through the shorties that you are very nice to new records. Uh, yeah, my, my first impression uh, is always like, I either love it or hate it. I, I'm either super, super harsh on it or I just like, you know, I gush over it. And I gushed over this one. I'm pretty sure I gave it like over an eight last year. So um, now it's like a solid two, maybe a one. Uh, well, hitting the opposite side of that spectrum, let's go to some of the best producers. Let's get posit- Let's be positive here, let's, man. Let's get back to the plus side. Jesus. Let's start, <laughs> let's start giving people some praise. This category is the best producers of the albums we talked about in 2021. You and I had a bit of a different mindset going into this. Yeah, I did not think that just because uh, we were talking about producers specifically, even though they're so prominent in hip-hop music and they're very important and have bigger names in hip-hop music, I didn't think it needed to just be hip-hop producers. I thought, you know, a lot of the rock records and, and some of the other genres that we listened to this year had great producers on it, great production, and I wanted to, to you know, celebrate that a little bit. Uh, and that'll be on Lucas's side, the uh, nominees, and on my side will be... The hip hop producers. <laughs> yeah. I got the wrong idea, but you know what? I think hey, they man. deserve praise nonetheless. Absolutely, especially the ones that we put on the on this list, man. So, who are our nominees for best producer? Our nominees for best producer are Kenny Beats on "Unlocked" with Denzel Curry. Fantastic creative beats. The best beats Kenny has put out, in my opinion. Absolutely, I totally disagree with one of the reviewers that said. All these beats sounded like something that he had in his recycling bin oh, on his computer. I don't get, get the that fuck out of here. Yeah, get out of here with that. Uh, we have Stu on Infest the Rat's Nest. Infest one of the, the Rat's Nest. One of the best self-produced bands, maybe of all time. Yeah, I, I think uh, I don't think that's an overstatement at all. Uh, Infest the Rat's Nest had some. Gritty, grungy, dirty, nasty, snotty production on the whole thing, and holy fuck, it worked so well, and it didn't get old. It wasn't hard to listen to. Mm. It was somehow rich uh, at the same time that it was fucking nasty. Uh, I I agree in every sentiment, and and we might get back to that album another time in this uh, award ceremony too. Perhaps. Uh, Our third third nominee is LP. On Run the Jewels, uh, fan da- just a classic producer. <laughs> classic producer. Yeah. Uh, some would say this album is probably the 
the worst one, maybe not worst, but this is the first Run the Jewels album is usually the least looked upon, the least noticed. Uh, yeah. But if you go the back, he's a legend, man. The beats are fantastic. I think the beats hold up, Amazing. even though he does make some better stuff as he goes on in the Run the Jewels uh, discog. Yeah, he he does get better with time, but uh, man, what a what a strong start for Run the Jewels for LP. I mean, he's a legendary producer. Uh, he has a very specific and unique style to him to himself, which I love. Like, you hear an LP beat, you know it's an LP beat, and uh, and yeah, he fucking yep. killed it on that record, and uh, deserves to be on this list. And then we have the Bright Light Social Hour on Space is still the place. Listen. If y'all haven't heard this record yet, we are Seriously. going to cram it into your head. Please listen to this record. Dude, if you have any liking to rock music of any kind, give this record a chance. This is a self-produced album by Bright Light Social Hour. The three guys that are in the in the band, they all three had production credits on this record. And uh, just like the songwriting, just like the vibes, just like uh, how, you know, just cohesive the album is altogether the production is top notch i honestly had no notes on how they could have done better on production on that record Uh, so with that said man who's the winner with that said the winner is killer mike and lp fuck boys healthy tell me if you smell the Bow, wow, 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 it which is, is like LP, every single one of LP's beats. LP on Run the Jewels, baby. Yeah, incredible. Well-deserved. I think, I, I mean, he's just one of the best producers out there right now. Uh, so hype. Every song is so Every song hype. is so hype. But uh, he can also... So much energy. He can also pull back a little bit. They usually yeah. do that on the last song on the record, right? Yeah, for better or for worse, you know. Sometimes they they do really well on the on the kind of more quiet, um, you know, uh, vibey beats or whatever, trying to like chill out a little. But honestly, uh, I love his hype beats, man. I love everything LP has done in his career, and with Run the Jewels, it is just the culmination of like, you know, hard work meeting opportunity, and yep. LP has put in his fucking time as a producer as an MC. He hooked up with Killer Mike, and fucking the rest is history, man. They're I legends. Think they, I think they could have gotten a lot more mainstream a lot earlier in their careers, but yep. you know this is what happened, and I think I think we're all better for it. And I mean, this is probably the height of LP's career by the Earbuds Podcast naming him as the best producer that they <laughs> listened to this year. I'm expecting a fucking email. Get we, at us, LP. Yeah, get, get us some you. tickets. Backstage with you, huh? Just take us backstage, Jesus! Just take us backstage. We're, you won't even notice us. We'll just yeah, be in I the mean, corner, drinking our seltzer water. Right. I will say though, LP is lucky that we did not listen to an Action Bronson record that was hundred percent produced by Alchemist. All I'm saying. <laughs> All I'm it, saying. It, it could have been a different, a different award entirely. Yeah, this would be a completely different conversation. Um. And let's get to the conversation of uh, a, a category I was really excited. I think you thought of it. And immediately yeah. I was like, ooh, that's awesome. Is best feature MC. 
We had a lot of them this year, man. Uh, a lot of great hip hop we listened to this year and a lot of really good features. And most of them are people that I had never heard before. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think, um, yeah, man, the, the nominees for Best Feature MC. The first guy, never heard of this dude before. Never. I hope I pronounce his name correctly. It's Obang Jayar. Obang Jayar? Obang Jayar? And Bong Jayar, and he was on a song called Point and Kill on Little Sims Records. Sometimes I might be introvert. Point and Kill. Point and Kill. Man, it was so weird listening to that album on the shorties in real time. Because you, you, we didn't expect a guy like this who had kind of a very soft, uh, high-pitched vocal. Very behind soft. This, uh, uh, like this, like this world beat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's almost like a, yeah, like an Afrobeat world beat type of music going on. And he has a very he's very soft delivery, very like almost whispery delivery. But man, did it not fit the fucking vibe of that song. No, and every time I listen to that song, I appreciate him more and more. Yeah, and he all he does is sing the two lines or three lines in the chorus. Well, he does a little verse too. Oh, does I he? I forgot. Yeah. My bad. My bad. Uh, but you know who for sure has a verse? Uh, is Cock Pistol Cree in Work Work, Clipping, Clipping. Yeah, man. What a... She, you know, Clipping um, is a very divisive band. It's It would be challenging. It's challenging to listen to them. Very divisive uh, between the two people recording this podcast. And I think just as fans of hip-hop, not everyone, just because you like hip-hop doesn't mean you're going to like uh, Clipping. Sure, for sure. And but you know you gotta um, give it up to David, um, one of the most amazing lyricists and and MCs that I've heard in a long, long time. And not a lot of people can match that energy and match that um, delivery of rapping over beats that are just very unconventional and weird, and sometimes like not even a hard you know kick going. Yeah. And uh, dude, Cock Pistol Cree fucking killed it on Work Work. Like she did great, and she was probably the best feature on that record. Yeah, she fit the mood of the song perfectly. Uh, a couple of times, the music, she kind of, I don't know if they matched the music to her vocals or vice versa, but it was such a cool moment. She did great. She did great on it. And uh, speaking of fucking great and uh, very impressive, a guy that we've both heard before and both really like, J.I.D.'s verse on Meditate on the Rags record uh, by Earth Gang. Holy fuck. He opens up Rags. The whole EP, he opens it up, and he's probably one of the best parts on the whole thing. It's it's crazy. We all know Earth Gang and JID are tight, right? They're they're in the same uh, circles. I think they're in the in a rap group together. Yeah, they're in a collective, kind of like um, you know the all the Tyler the Creator, his his whole collective that they have going on. Yeah, you have the the guys in New York with like. I think Rock Marciano and West Side Gun and Conway the Machine. You know, there's all these like groups that are just kind of started out as a big artist collective and they're all kind of going off on their own. And JID, damn, dude, he has really quick delivery. He's funny. He's poignant. He's insightful. A great, unique great voice. feature. Very unique voice. It Very almost unique. sounds like he's like 14 years old. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, for, I guess, for the better. <laughs> I think for the better. Yeah, I mean, I love 14-year-old boys. Oh, okay. Well, that'll be edited out. Huh? And the last Wait, what nominee... Did I, what, did, what did I say? 
No, you no, I think it was Don't worry about it. Okay, cool. And the last nominee is Missy Elliott on Tempo. Uh Lizzo cuz I love you. Legendary Missy Legendary, Elliott. Probably no, by far the most recognizable feature on this list. By far the veteran yeah. the general the blueprint maybe and missy is missy dude and she was like missy times a thousand on this yep. verse she did so so great i love all the prr and curr and curves <laughs> the, like the she said curves and rolled her r and curves i thought that was hilarious like missy is just she's so unique and missy is and incapable original man she's incapable of doing something that is not iconic immediately yeah, and what a huge get for Lizzo. Holy shit. Yeah. It's it wow. Like I What a, what a like nod from Missy, you know? Like giving that is her giving Lizzo the the check mark oh, of approval, you know what I mean? For sure. For that's sure. It's huge. All right, man. Well, that's it. We got some strong features here, man. The winner of best feature MC is JID in Meditate. I Man, I, was a, I just can't get over that his verse, man. This was tough. This was, was a tough. tough category to choose a winner for. It was. We've already gone over all the others. I don't think we need to go over it again. But JID just barely rose over the top for us. Just kicking off this great EP. Absolutely owning the song. Uh, oh, he just made it 100% his own. Yeah, he, it, it was all his. He opened up the record. They did that for a reason. They know this dude is a, an immense talent. And uh, I think the hardest part for us, though, was not giving Missy her due. Oh, man. Because she is such a legend, and we both loved... I mean, that was a very, very close second, Missy Elliott's verse. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, like, when we came up with this category, that was the first one I went to, was was Missy's feature on, on Tempo. It was the only one that I, her and JID were the only ones I didn't have to look at the list. You know what I mean? It was like, I already knew. Both of those two were the first two that came to mind. Uh, But well-deserved JID. Meditate. Amazing song. JID actually uh, just released, I think it just released, a remix of his song, Bruh. And our boy Denzel Curry is on that. Yeah. Did that happen recently? I think it came out recently. Yeah, let me uh, let me look and see what. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Fantano put that song in his like top fifty songs of the year list. Yeah, it came out in 2021, dude. I gotta tell you, JID kills it on that song. Denzel Curry steals the fucking show, dude. Oh man, I can't wait for you to hear that song. You gotta check it out. Oh, dude, first thing first thing I'm gonna do when we're done with this recording. Yeah, we should have put Denzel as best feature MC for the whole unlocked record. Because <laughs> <When> he, <laughs> he had no features. Himself. He had no features on there, man, and he fucking killed it the whole time. Denzel is very quickly becoming one of my favorite rappers of all time. Uh, if we had if we had best rap performances as a category, Denzel would be on there for sure. Uh, It'd be hard to compete with him, as well as as Daveed Diggs. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. David, Missy, and Denzel would, uh, all are on the same level for completely different reasons. Oh, and it's so fucking cool. Holy different reasons. Yeah, man. But wow. Yeah. Uh, best feature MC. And now we. Uh, w- let's transition. 
This is a very important one. I think this is very important to uh, the people <laughs> listening to this. Podcast. This is why they come to the show, man. This, this next, is why people listen to us. These next couple categories are going to really help you or hinder you, uh, depending on how you want to take our uh, awards, how you want to take our nominees. Depending on how weird you want to get uh, this, in the sack. This next category is worst song to bang to. We had we, to do it, man. If you want to get our uh, radio personas back out for this one. Oh, man. So last night I was with my old lady, right? <laughs> I was with the old ball and chain. I was with my old ball and veg, and I was just telling her, like, hey, babe, go down on my scraw. <laughs> and, you know, so she started. She got her spoon out. She started going for it, you know. She and, did it after I begged for a little bit. She always yeah, does. I was presenting, you know. I didn't really go to <laughs> let her go to sleep until she did it. And, and she put on these songs, man. And I think she knew. I think she knew because the second these songs started playing, I was like, whoa, I'm losing my None. turgidness. <laughs> oh. Yeah. You know, you're a tur- you know, you know what I mean by turgid, tur- right? Like, <laughs> You know what I mean. So listen, <laughs> if you want to, if you want to retain your turgidness, don't, don't listen, listen to, to any of these songs, please. Skip, skip these. Uh, why don't you go ahead and present them, Lucas? Ah, uh, the nominees. You know, we already brought up clipping. Uh, Body and Blood by Clipping uh, has a very dark horror vibe to it, um, and the whole chorus is. I th- just a very low, creepy voice going "body and blood." Yeah, and it just like sloshy, I guess percussion. It sounds. I like guess you could call it that. Bags of meat slamming on the floor. The entire conceit of the song is a woman who lulls men into her quarters and then kills them. Yeah, uh, and usually, usually, you know, the sounds of slabs of meat hitting the counter is what really gets me going. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? Maybe not for this. Didn't Maybe work not on now. This one. Didn't work on this one. The next nominee is a song by Sheer Mag called <laughs> The Killer. The Killer, The Killer, The Killer, The Killer, yeah! Uh, horrible, 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 horrible song. Um, very annoying to listen to. I think that's why you would lose your church in this with this song on. It's just so goddamn annoying. She, the entire album, she just has this thing going on. Where she has this raspiness, and she's just really... She's yelling. She's like yelling at you. She's not really singing most of the time. Yeah, and and this song may be the worst offender, arguably. On yeah, and and unfortunately uh, for the singer of Sheer Mag, it's not because of her. It's because of the background vocals that really like make me lose lose my tone bone <laughs> on this one. So sorry. I if I remember correctly though, that song does have some like harmony metal. It does. It so does. Can, it probably can, maybe you can get through it with those. Yeah, that's true. It probably has one of the better riffs on the record too. Um, so you know, whatever. If riffs are what get you off, then you know, find an instrumental version of that song and you'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, the next song is "Hell" by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard off of "Infest the Rat's Nest." Infest the Rat's, the rat's nest. nest. Hell Not is just something... a fucking nasty, heavy gritty song and i just don't think it would add to the mood i think the lyrics definitely don't help uh talking yeah. about the you know it's pretty hot down there yeah. 
And it's, you know, it's it's the culmination of the whole album and it's all talking about like infiltrate or in you know infiltrating this fucking other society and killing people as and all rat. this stuff. Yeah, as a rat. I just don't I don't see this uh, helping anyone's mood in in bed. So it got on the list. And the last one. The last one. This might be good if you're trying to speed run some stuff. You know, I have known people to have sex to metal music. So I'm not saying that all metal music is a, a mood killer. But Sick by Slipknot might be a fucking mood killer. Especially if you pair it with the intro uh, of the self-titled album. Which is that yeah. series of numbers. Yeah. And a lot, uh, the whole thing I think is sick. It's a it's a it's a really chaotic. It's a great fucking song. It's not a great fucking song. <laughs> I think and is listen, what we're getting at. Listen, that's what we've we've been trying to say this whole time. That's what this whole podcast has been about. Is like, what can we have sex to? What can you bang to? What should you not bang to? Yeah, and the winner for worst song to bang to in twenty twenty one is the Killer by Sheer Mag. The Killer again. Ugh, fuck it. I mean, I don't want to talk about Sheer Mag anymore. We said we were gonna we we're gonna dunk on some fucking bands tonight. I'm done dunking on Sheer Mag. I'm over them for now, because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. we still have many worst categories to get to. We do. I think we're uh, not even halfway through. <laughs> no, nah, maybe we should. Maybe we should speed it up a little bit, huh? Yeah. All right. So the next one, the next category is best song to bang to. Please do not mix these categories up. No. If you have, if you make a playlist of all four of these or eight of these songs and have them going back to back, I mean, you're gonna have a really confused boner pretty much the whole the whole night. So the first contender is "Nice and Slow" off Max Frost's "Low High Low." Yeah, I think even you could admit, not having liked the album, that this is a pretty smooth, slow, sensual song to bang to. His voice works great for slower, quiet, more sensual love love songs. So I think it was my favorite on the record as well. Next, Lingerie off Lizzo's Because I Love You. I mean, it, come on. One of the slower, uh, more kind of whispering in your ear type songs on the record. Yeah, and it was great. And it's actually a great song. Then we got Silicon Valley by Anderson <laughs> Pock off Malibu. Uh, let me see them tickle bitties. Let me see them tickle bitties. <laughs> Show me your heart. Oh man, and I, what's the other line that I love? Like, I just want to see what's under that sweet titty meat. <laughs> you can't you, to be able to have a song that's legitimately a great R and B, a great love making song, and be fucking funny at the same time. Good on I, you, Anderson. It's it's a tough combination, but but he nailed it. Yeah, good on you. And then the last song is the thicket uh, off Journey to the Savilin. By Colson yeah. Kites. Yeah. This is an instrumental. If you're not looking for any help from, uh, you know, from the vocalists of these bands, if you want to <laughs> right. take this all on your own, yeah, yeah, this is a, this is a great one to do it to. Yeah, it's a it's a good song. It was kind of like a, a random one for us because we were actually having kind of a hard time um, coming up with, uh, you know, with 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 more love making songs. We don't listen to a lot of soft. Uh, music so but this one definitely has a vibe to it and you know i think i think it might have been difficult because there's one maybe obvious answer lucas clear winner clear winner and i'm just gonna tell you who it is are you okay with that all right 
God. Next time, next time you're having a nice time with your partner, just with try yourself. putting on Silicon Valley by Anderson Pack off Malibu. Show you will not me regret it. Heart. If if they are not into it, then that is their problem, and they have to deal with that. Yeah, if they're not into it, then I say leave them. Get them out of your room. Yeah, mid-session, just go, you know what? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I don't I don't want to see your fucking sweet titty meat anyway. If I got finish on my own, then you stroke a couple of, ugh. Yeah, you think I need you? I got a spoon and a I got a spoon and a sock. I don't need anyone. <laughs> uh, and speaking of really horrible things that we're recording, Oh, uh, for our friends and the people that listen to this podcast, here's the worst oh, performance on the pod. The the worst performances by us on the yeah. pod. We have to fucking roast ourselves a little bit here, man. I don't. We don't have a winner for this category, but we would like to go <laughs> through a, a couple episodes, explain ourselves. <laughs> yeah, man, you go first because uh, the first one is the episode that we talked about, telephone by no name. Telephone why was this? No why do you consider this one of your worst performances on the pod? Um, the night before we recorded this episode, I did not get any sleep whatsoever. I was high off energy drinks. Yep. Uh, I was just playing the Mass Effect trilogy. Was I playing the Mass Effect trilogy or I don't know? I was playing some video game all night, and I came into the pod, and I was not sentient for it. <laughs> I remember. Uh, recording that episode with you and wondering uh what's going on <laughs> like i'm like is brett upset with me did something happen and I, also this album being so low-key uh did not wake me up any further it kind of lulled true. me into a further and even deeper uh sleep yeah this was brett that whole episode yeah man i don't know i think it's just like <laughs> i really like you know, when the drums do uh, that. Yeah, I mean, on, you know, and, and I, I was like, holy shit. The words were cool, I guess. Yeah, you're like, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm like, okay, thanks, Brett. Well, let's skip to one of yours. Huh? <laughs> so let's I get think, all this heat uh, off my back. I think, honestly, my two worst uh, uh, performances, um, I think, are just as bad as the other. And mm. uh, my first one is. Specifically on the episode where we talked about Cause I Love You by Lizzo. Um, you know, I'm not ashamed to admit that I listened to all of our episodes multiple times. <laughs> I'm probably our biggest fan. And uh, there, there's just something about that episode. I had to edit a lot out because personally, I find Lizzo extremely attractive. Um, her confidence, her attitude, her just her general sense of self I think she's just such a pleasant she seems like such a pleasant fun person to be around and I think she's sexy as fuck and uh, I couldn't hold back saying that over and over and over again on the pod <laughs> that I had to edit it out constantly you were just a little horn dog I was dude I really like I I think she's so sexy and and it was another uh, another cringy thing for me was how much I focused on the fact that you know how what a strong female presence she is, and how um, how you know pro female she is, how feminist she is, and everything, and and how I thought that those lyrics and that type of um, you know thematic those themes to an album would just piss off a bunch of like you know soy boy cuck 
uh, fucking, you know, weak men. And I just kept focusing on that, and I kept harping on it, and I kept harping on it. It would piss off Bo. I mean, a, a Bo has been pissed off this whole episode. Uh, I'm trying to, like, just listen to that. Oh, he's puking. Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, you know, it was just... I was trying too hard, man. I was just trying way, way too hard to be woke and be supportive and feminist. And it it really, you know, listening back to it, there's there have been many times in my life that I've listened back on something that I've recorded and going, oh, my God, this is so embarrassing. And that's definitely one. Oh, thanks, Bo. Hey, Bo's going to be there for you, man. We- he, I mean, I, that sound is him being just as disappointed in me as I am. Well, look, you, you know, you learned from that. We, throughout this podcast, we've gotten better about being on a podcast, you know? Yeah. Uh, but tell me about the other really bad one you did. Uh, man, the other one that I think was kind of hard for me to listen to and, and a little cringy for me was our very first episode um, where we talked about the resignation by Rx Bandits. And I don't, I honestly don't think you should be so ashamed. This is our first episode. This is your third or fourth episode ever recording a podcast yeah if i'm not mistaken Uh, i think it was my third and um and it's my favorite album of all time so it meant so much to me and and i had so much to say about it you know you were just a very excited little boy getting back into your first love (laughs) yeah and it was fun talking about it with you and you know i mean how many people are willing to sit down for two and a half hours and talk about Someone else's favorite record, you know, and we, I just tried so hard to like dissect the lyrics and be really deep. And, and that's back when we were doing a track by track analysis. Yeah. Yeah, We were literally doing like five to 10 minutes on one song. And, uh, you know, it reminded me a lot listening back to it. It reminded me of a lot of way back, like maybe almost 15 years ago at this point, I actually got to interview the guitarist of, of our experience, Steve Choi. Uh, I was writing for an online magazine, and they were going on their fa- farewell tour, you know, like 14 years ago, 15 years ago. And uh, somehow, the guy who ran this online magazine got in touch with Arx Bandits. He knew that they were my favorite band, and he said, hey, I want you to interview these guys. And I go, holy shit. So I wrote this super long article. It ended up being the most popular and most uh, read article of the online magazine, which was a huge hey. you know, point of pride for me. Um but dude, I'm I was so verbose and so like I used so many words in that article. One comment, there's plenty of positive comments, and one comment really, really stuck with me. Uh, that said, you know, clearly you love Arx Bandits. Clearly, they're you know huge, um, have made a lot of impact on you in your life. But take a step back, take a breath, and just listen to the music. And I was like, you know what, he's right. Like I tried way too hard to be very insightful and and uh, deep and you know he was like you know you don't need to do all that like just talk about how much you love the music talk about why this band means so much to you you don't need to like talk about how they're metaphysical and all this stuff so right. uh, that really stuck with me and you know ten years later we record a podcast about the same fucking band and then I go right back to you know trying <laughs> way too hard so. <laughs> So that's been hard for me to listen to. It's gotten better over time, and I would definitely say the Lizzo episode is more embarrassing for me than than Arx Bandits. Uh, but you what? have one more, and this one's very unique yeah. for why it is one of your worst performances on the pod. Well, listen, um, we we have had a couple um, appearances from guests, from personal friends of ours, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and on this episode, on this week, we had Luis. We were talking about issues by Corn, and he. I don't know. I guess I. I guess I got on his bad side. Uh, I didn't make him <laughs> his breakfast in time that morning, and he got mad. And he said, "If you interrupt me one time in that episode, I'm gonna beat you up." Yeah. He said, "I'm gonna beat you to the ground, and I'm gonna use you as soil for my plants in the garden out back." Yep. Yep. Uh, and you know, I remember. That, well, yeah, you were there. You didn't do anything mm-hmm. to help me, actually. No, I was really scared. Um, and so you know, the whole podcast, I was just, I, I wasn't brave enough to speak. I just kind of stayed silent. You know. Yeah, yeah. It definitely had nothing to do with um, your apartment flooding or you getting some sort of infection or you having a tooth get knocked out or anything like that. I think it was just that Luis intimidated you out of saying anything on the pod and. If you remember, he paid me a whole lot of money um, to stay quiet. So, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, and so I, I guess that would be that's probably my most shameful uh, performance on the pod, personally. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Maybe I don't know if he if he gets on again. Maybe I'll have the courage to speak up. We'll Who see. Knows? I mean, Luis is a pretty intimidating guy. I mean, he made me delete the last episode we did because he didn't like how much I was like we were talking. Yeah, which was another corn record, weird enough. Yeah. Weird coincidence. Uh, but listen, let's get back to it. Let's get back. This is this is another very, I'd say, personal category to us. Best very. opener and best closer. We're going to do those right in a row. Yep. Best opener, Brett. Who are our nominees for best opening song of the records we listened to this year? Oh, Lucas. It was hard, right? It was hard to, the- to whittle these down. Because you and me, personally, we put the openers and closers, I think, in a much higher like regard and much higher expectation than I think maybe we should, especially the closers. Well, I think both of the, both an opening track and a closing track on a record, I think they're very important. And you're not going to... If you don't have a good opening track, it's going to be hard to get excited to listen to the rest of the record. And if you don't have a good closing track, it's going to be hard to walk away from listening to that whole record um, with a positive uh, outlook, you know, because then you're just like, man, I love that whole thing, but that last song fucking sucked. Yeah. Like, looking at you, Little Sims. Sorry. (laughs) Damn, okay. Sorry. Well, So, best openers, Brett. The best openers. Give it to me. The, The opener of the best openers is Cold Cash by Thrice off Artist in the Ambulance. Absolutely, immediately goes hard, starts off with the vocals. We are sick! We are, we are fun. Absolutely and rocking the whole time. Great bridge. Oh, uh, fuck, dude, that bridge. Uh, next is Pollution off Blimp Biscuits album, $3 Bill, y'all. That comes after the kind of intro, uh, like, church thing that they're doing yeah the sermon thing and it's like that fucking it's a nasty riff to start it out man one of the nastiest just stupidest new metal songs that i've heard yeah uh, fucking great dude maybe ever. raw raw and energetic amazing opener next run the jewels off run the jewels by run the jewels baby that yep. the track starts off with the hip hop equivalent of feedback, I'd say. Yep. Uh, it has a, it, it, it's got tambourine, it's got organ, it's got killer verses. 
uh, by Killer Amazing. Mike and LP. The the beat is incredible. The bow wow 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 thing going on. Amazing, oh. amazing opener. And then we have Planet B by King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard off Infest the Rat's Nest. Uh, what a way to start off the album with those double Jesus. kicks. Which is not something I think we've ever heard on a Gizzard track before, then, and maybe even after this album. There's no King Gizzard songs that sound like the songs on Infest the Rat's Nest on any other record. Yeah. And that opener is one of the ballsiest openers I've heard in any album. And boy, did they fucking pull it off. Uh, so why don't you tell us, sir, the winner of the best opener of 2021? Best opener of 2021. It has so much to do with setting you up with how the album is going to sound. Right. The vibe that you're going to be experiencing for the next X amount of minutes. Yep. It, it has to set you up proper. And the song that sets you up most proper for any of these records that we've listened to this whole fucking year is Planet B by King Gizzard. There is no planet, planet B. B. Open your eyes. <laughs> oh, dude, they have, they have the, pat- the patented freak out, you know, moment. Like, uh, incredible, incredible opener. Totally sets you up for the whole album. Uh, King Gizzard and Stu, phenomenal, phenomenal record. And the opener is probably one of the best songs on the record, too. Ugh. And now we have best closer of any record that we listened to this year. And this is just as important, if not, no, I don't want to say it's more important, but it's just as important as an intro. This is, the opener is extremely important to get you interested in an album. Uh, A closer is extremely important in getting you to come back to the album, maybe. Yeah, it's, it's so important. Yes, that's a great way to put it. It brings you back. It makes you want to listen to it again. And man, it's just, it's supposed to leave you in awe, honestly. And our four nominees for this, I think, are definitely, no question, the best closers of any albums that we listened to this year. And Brett, what are they, man? I'll tell you, Lucas. Just tell me. Is Decrescendo by RX Bandits off the resignation. It's an absolute banger. They go Fuck. all out. They leave nothing behind. They toss every ace up their sleeve on this one. Yeah, and, they do. They uh, do. It's just great momentum. A lot of really cool parts. Uh, next is Numb by Linkin Park off Meteora. An iconic song. Maybe their most popular song on that record. Uh, yeah, man. It's, it's, really, it, it's really crazy to me that one of their biggest singles ever... One of their most popular songs ever was the closing track of an album. That doesn't happen often. And what a way to close out an amazing album. One of my favorite albums of all time. Yeah. Uh, it's so cool. Uh, yeah. Next we have Escape Velocity off Bright the Bright Light Social Hours, Space is Still the Place. Incredible song. It's like eight minutes long. It's fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. It, it, it has many phases. Mm-hmm. Or rather, I think it only has like two main phases. It's just but, uh, such a great bow, you know, to wrap up the whole album. Um, it's It does kind of give you a little bit of everything that they gave you on that record. And uh, yeah, man, I definitely walk away from, from you know, Space is Still a Place after hearing that song. And I, I want to listen to the album again immediately. And for our last nominee, we have Ruburb Jam. 
off the bright light by bright light social, light social hours. hour self-titled they know how to end an album folks they what do can I say? And, and what a what a ballsy way to end a record with a jam what a ballsy way especially after <laughs> it, it the song previous was garden of the gods which is a 10 minute song which you would expect to be the absolute closer of the album it makes so much sense and then this baseline kicks in jam out absolutely electrifying ending amazing to a great record in my opinion. amazing yes and what what is the winner for the best closer lucas you know brett this was not that hard for us to pick no nope. and it is did you get what you wanted? It is Decrescendo by Arx Band. It's one of my all-time favorite fucking songs, my favorite band of all time, and my favorite closer of any record ever. Decrescendo, Arx Band, it's The Resignation. I share all the same sentiments. I think this is my favorite Arx Bandit song. It might be my favorite closer of all time. Just off the top of the dome, it's got everything I love in it. It has a, like a, absolutely wailing chorus. It starts Ugh. off with this thrashing riff. It starts and ends with the same riff, with everyone playing together on different percussive instruments at the end. It has a decrescendo, as it promises. It is not clickbait. Yeah, some of the best riffs of any Arx Bandit song as well. Um, that. Where they have like three drummers going at once, like all these extra toms. It gives it so much, it fills it in so, so, so much. And dude, if you walk away from that record not wanting to immediately listen to the whole album again, or at least that song again, then there's something, there's some wires that are not connecting in your fucking brain. And that is closing out the first half. Of this award ceremony. Wow, 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 wow. I, I want us to cut now, Lucas. We, you know, we're in really bright mood, but I want us to kind of tone it down a little bit. Mm. And we need to talk about... We, we have to go to the memoriam. The episodes we lost this year. The times we thought we recorded for an hour and 45 minutes, but someone didn't press record. Or, or we deleted it. Computer motherboard. <laughs> or someone crashed. couldn't figure out the audio issues that we were dealing with. And these episodes were lost to the ether this year, Brett. I want everyone to pour out whatever you're drinking, whatever you're eating. Just just you pour it what? out to the side. I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to pour a little bit of bourbon on my dog. All right. Great. All right, give me give me one second. Yeah. Okay, I did it. Great. Uh, now I it. noticed it went straight in his mouth. Is that mm-hmm. gonna be okay? Uh, yeah. I, when I drink, my dog drinks. Right. He loves it. Um, but man, you know, we have been. It's been a, the first year of our fucking podcast, dude. Like we have been figuring it out. You know, like fuck it. Uh, we we lost a few episodes this year, man. Um, wait, a lot. A lot less than I initially anticipated. Anticipated. <laughs> which yeah. is good, because there have... I've been on a couple other podcasts, and it is not uncommon for some Ugh. audio thing to malfunction, or 
someone's mic cable is just weird and crackly the whole time or something like that. And it's so painful and heartbreaking every time it happens. And um, man, there was one episode that we we were listening to Korn's self-titled record. We were we brought our friend Luis back onto the podcast. We were all we had a great conversation, a great conversation about this record. I would say in over an hour and a half, we sat and talked about it. Yeah, sure. At the end, what happened in the last two minutes of our recording, Brett? We were doing the outro. We were listing the Instagram. We were talking about where to find the podcast. We said, hey, Luis, is there anything you want to promote? And he goes on his computer and he... <laughs> he you, we see him just... His head sank down. He starts shaking his head. I don't think you noticed at first. Because <laughs> I noticed right away. And I was like, well, what's going on? What's going on? Did you not press record? And he was like, I don't know what happened. I didn't press record. An hour and a half, dude. Man. And look, we like to we like to bring that up. I think it's funny to bring up. <laughs> I don't actually like I'm not actually mad at Luis or anything. Like it no. was a good episode, you know, and I wish we could have had it out, but Luis definitely he definitely took it the hardest, you know. He did. He did. He felt really guilty. Um, and he's such a great guest, man. And it, it was really fun talking to him. And it's a shame that we couldn't release that episode. It, it's, it was a good one. And it's one that was like very personal to me as well. You know, that, that album's one of the first ones I ever bought. Um, but though, honestly, the one that was most heartbreaking to me was uh, our Misfits episode, man. Famous Monsters. It was probably the most hyped ep- up episode we've ever had. I was very excited. To talk we were, about it. We were starting up controversies. We had drama. Oh, man. We brought up that, you know, the Michael uh, Michael Graves was involved in the January 6th insurrection. We brought up that the Misfits have a history in, in professional wrestling. Yeah. You know, we talked about, like, how the aesthetic of Famous Monsters, that was the album that we talked about by Misfits, was, you know, it's such a, it's so tailor-made for me. And, uh, and we ended up both, like, disliking it quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, that was probably the uh, most hyped up thing about it was that I did not like the record at all. <laughs> at all. And I went into the episode loving the record until I had to listen to it six times in a row. And then I started feeling the same way you did. And I was like, dude, this album is not nearly as fucking good as I as I hoped or as I remembered. But I think it still has one of the best Misfit songs ever with uh, Saturday Night. Ah, that's debatable. Ah! I you. mean, you're not even gonna you're not even gonna talk about where Eagles Dare or like Astro Zombies or anything. Hey, I didn't say it was the best. I said it was one of the best. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, where Eagles Dare and and uh, I ain't no goddamn son of a bitch. You better, you better, better think about it, baby. Like great song, you know. Um, but dude, we almost lost another. Well, let's say with the reason that we didn't put out that Misfits record is because your fucking computer crashed like two days after we recorded it. Yeah, I was literally, I was editing the episode, uh, I had to go do some chores, I opened my computer back up, and it was just black, black, nothing Ugh. comes up, I find out the motherboard was fried, and that is, I mean, I could have either paid for the repairs, or I could have paid for a computer. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, you know, I, I decided it was old enough anyway. Gotta we had to chalk it up to the new. game, man. We shocked it up to the game. We had to lose that one. Yeah, uh, but one that we uh, did not lose and was very close 
We refused to let this happen, and I commend you for all the hard work that you put into making sure that that episode was released. Yes, sir. It was one of our shorties, and one of my favorite songs or albums of the year, uh, Shut the Fuck Up Talking to Me by Zach Fox. Yep, we, uh, we, we just did the video recording as always, and for whatever reason, my mic only went into the left channel, and it was only when I put it in iMovie that it had a weird, phasey, like, thing so to odd. it. So odd. And there was also some audio drift. That's uh, something that we have not nailed yet, is trying to film our episodes. It's something that we want to do moving forward. I mean, I want to release every episode as a video and as an audio podcast. And it's just, it's fucking harder than it seems. All right, buddies? It's it's much harder than it seems. It's a lot harder and it's a lot more risky <laughs> just because we're so exper- inexperienced in it as well. Yeah, it's a lot more work. Uh, um, but like, I'm so thankful that that episode came out because I had such a fun time listening to that and talking about it. Man, we recorded that episode, and I did the iMovie thing, and it was like, ugh, this is a bust. This is a bust. Yeah. And then, like, a week later, I, I I got weirdly motivated, and I said, like, I'm going to make this work somehow. And I did some finagling in GarageBand. Yeah. Uh, I synced the audios. Both the audios were now in audio drift after I did that, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, just so many edits. Um but it's out there, man. It's out there, and you can watch it on YouTube. You can listen to it, uh, and it's a great, it's a great album too. Check out that record if you haven't listened to it. Uh, but thus ends our uh, in memoriam. Hopefully, uh, rest in peace. Hopefully, we don't have one of these next year. But you know, uh, if we do, there's no fucking excuses, man. <laughs> we just gotta hang it up. If we, if we, yeah, that's it. Lose one episode, one episode lost, and that's it. That's the that's, end. That's it. I give up quick, Brett. Well, All right. Well, the next, uh, you know, let's go back into these awards, man. We only have like thirty-two left, so let's fucking do this. The listen. next, then what? What? What do you want to tell me? Uh, what? What? Man? What do you You've got an attitude? What are you trying? Me what are you fucking trying to tell me right now? Look, because no, I was have talking an with me, man. Yeah, because I'm. You know, you ever hear of talking? You ever hear of like not Every you know, single time Is this how your mom on, raised you? You just have to talk, talk, talk. You have to you record in your microphone. Yeah, I don't you know I don't I don't know if you were raised in a barn, Brit, all right? But this isn't how a society you know, this isn't how society works, all right? You let me talk, then you talk, then I talk. It's called a conversation. Think, speak. <laughs> you talk, I talk. It's what you sound like, dude. Yeah. Good one. Well, you know what? <laughs> you know what? I'm sick of you, man. I, I'm, I'm ready to get into the next category. Yeah, you know what? Let's let's just talk about our most controversial episodes of the year. Our most we have, bad of episodes. Yeah, man. Because like we were saying, you know, three hours ago that we we for the most part see pretty eye to eye on things, right? Yeah. We we tend to have very similar tastes, and, and even if we don't. We kind of get the point of view of the other person. We understand the reasoning of the other yeah. person. You've changed my mind on a few records, just sitting down and talking to you about it. And same over here, like during yeah. the podcast, that'll happen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, literally, I've changed my my uh, my rating halfway through an episode multiple, multiple times, more times than I can count on the on the podcast because, like, understanding why you love it so much gives me a different appreciation for it. But there are a few. There are a few albums still that stand out. 
And the nominees for the most controversial, the most combative we were, the least that we agreed on. The first one, Low High Low by Max Frost. Yep. You this just, is an EP. It, it was an EP. It was for one of the shorter weeks we had, I believe. Yep. Uh, I've loved this album ever since I found out about Max Frost. And you did not, you did not, no. it did not grow on you. To say I hated it, I think would be harsh, but I did, I just didn't enjoy it. Uh, and, you know, we listened to that episode, buddies, to, to understand why um, I didn't enjoy it, but there was just, there's plenty of reasons, you know, for my own personal subjective taste that I, I just didn't like it. And you love that record. And it was very weird yep. to, to disagree so much on something. It's- it's one of my go-to like pop records slash yeah. EPs, and as uh, a pop record, I would say it's probably pretty fucking good. And this next album is also one that I love dearly. I I love <laughs> even more now that you've told me how much you do not like it. Oh, it just made you like it even more. <laughs> and that is that is the physical world by Death from Above, nineteen seventy nine, the latest episode that yeah. we've put out this year. Yeah, the last album that we listened to this year. Um, yeah, man, I went into that one fully expecting to love the record. Uh, first couple times I listened to it, I liked it a lot. And I think it was just uh, overexposure, man. You know? It's you, if I remember correctly, you didn't, it was very repetitive to you. It, it was, was. kind of hard to tell the songs apart. Uh, it was. Though it was catchy. It was so catchy. It had great riffs, great production, good energy. Everything was there. Everything was there for me to like it. And uh, and just, yeah, the repetitiveness. And um, I don't know, man. Honestly, I think it was just the repetitiveness. And, and you just know, dance, dancey music um, is very hit or miss with me. And that's a very dance-focused fo- uh, record. Um, despite being distorted and rock and loud and everything. And it's just yeah. something that just didn't work for me, man. And you love that record. And, and, and I still uh, don't get that. <laughs> and unfortunately, even hearing all the reasons why you loved it did not change my opinion on it at all. <laughs> uh, and then after that, we have Still Sucks by Limp Biscuit. This was a shorty that I brought to your attention. Yeah, this was their latest album that came out this year. Um, great throwback Limp Biscuit, right? I thought they brought it back. Mm-hmm. I think they... I think they are going to be the forerunners of this new kind of new metal thing that's happening uh, in music right now. Yeah. And I love the songs, even though they're so stupid. And Trent, uh, Fred Durst is still one of the stupidest people alive. Yeah, the whole album's very Durstian. But you did, you did not, uh, you did not like it at all i didn't like not that i didn't like it at all i didn't like it nearly as much as you did but there were definitely like a handful of songs that i liked a lot because they were very different for limp biscuit um and in a good way uh they're very different for limp biscuit and they were good songs legitimately good um and maybe for a person who doesn't listen to too much limp biscuit it had you fucking loved it like I'm, the, I'm the Limp Biscuit old head, and you're sitting here fucking telling me, oh yeah, this this riff is so classic Limp Biscuit, and I'm like, uh, yeah, it is, and it's weird, and it's almost kind of sad to me that they're writing the same music twenty years later. Uh, but man, you you got you had such a huge appreciation for that album, and, and I, I'm uh, very surprised. You have surprised me several times this year, my friend. Uh, and then the last nominee. I might, you know, 
I'm just going to say it. <laughs> this is the winner. This is, yeah, this is it's by not, far the winner. It doesn't exactly fit the category thus far. No, but it was. it's the most controversial because it is such a beloved record. Um, it is a classic record. It is a lot of people's, you know, on their top 10 or top 100 or whatever. And holy shit, did we fucking hate this album? <laughs> oh, man. If this is... If, if there's any reason we ever get any amount of popularity, it'll be because of this episode. Yeah, we're going to have to start doing like nothing but uh, slam dunk episodes where we just fucking shit <laughs> on a whole record and people are going to love us for it. But it, this is the album we're talking about. It's very early in the podcast. It's like in the top, first 10 episodes at least yep. is Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. And this is a record that I brought to the table wanting to enjoy it, wanting to understand, wanting to yes. use the week that we had to really go through it, look up the history, figure out why it's so beloved. Neither and of us are huge Beach Boys fans to begin with, right? So, like, no. and this is probably one of their most famous, if not their most famous record of their right. whole career. So we were like, what is it? What is it about this album that but people love so, so much? Multiple magazines and news outlets say it's one of the best records of all time, one of the greatest, usually in the top three. Is it not number one on Rolling Stone's greatest of all time? I believe it's number two or three. I think number one is uh, What's Going On, Marvin Gaye. Okay. All right. Uh, so it's in the top, at least top five of Rolling but Stone. But it's, it's always there. It's always there with the Beatles and uh, Marvin Gaye. And I just, we did the research. We understand why everyone else loves it. But we, we, don't, don't, understand. It, <laughs> we don't understand it. I don't We just get don't it. get it. It's I don't so get it. boring. The entire time, there's nothing interesting happening in the entire record. I picked, it's the only time I've picked one choice nug for an album because (laughs) I simply didn't, I I just simply couldn't get myself to choose a second one. Yeah, I agree. And, and, but we did call it out like several times, right, dude? Like going, like while we were just completely shredding out, shredding the album apart, we said, like, you know, we, we both have 60-plus years of more music experience added on to after this album came out, right? So it's yeah. like you listen to Pet Sounds and what's something that sounded so monumental and game-changing in 1962 or whatever doesn't sound nearly as impactful in 2021. So right. uh, we acknowledge that. Um, but we were still both fucking hated this record. <laughs> it's and it sucks because we have personal friends that have like cried to live performances of yeah. this, of these songs, and that you know hold these songs very dear. And like obviously, we're not going to take that away from them, and we would never try to do that. But boy, yeah. this is yeah, and that's why we the, felt so bad shitting on it too. I think it's one of the few albums where just neither of us found anything in it. It was like this. Even Sheer Mag, I don't think we were so negative on during the episode. No, no, we weren't so, uh, yeah, we weren't so, like, uh, judgmental about it. But, I mean, yeah, that's the, I mean, that's clearly the our least favorite of the year. And uh, the most controversial because of how big uh, in pop culture this album is. But, yeah, sorry, Beach Boys, Pet Sounds, y'all can jog on. You can you can go ahead and row your little yacht to some yeah, other shore. The fuck out of here. 
<laughs> let's let's keep you know what let's dive deeper into the negative let's these keep the, the hate worst, going man <laughs> these are the worst album covers of the year the you worst are, album art worst album cover this is there's a lot to choose from you are very critical of i was uh you know again album art super important um won't make or break a record for for me but uh it will definitely make me like something a lot more or make me dislike something a lot more less I don't know which, but either way, these were the four worst album covers that we that we <laughs> that we had to look at this year, over uh, and over and over again. And the first one is Pet Sounds Beach Boys. Uh, it's just so stupid and boring and lame. It's yeah, I've never liked how they list the tracks on the on the record. I know it's it's old school. Yeah, it was more common. Uh, mm-hmm. Right to do that, so I can't harsh it too much. But but it's just such a lame ass picture of them feeding like it, they're like in a uh, petting zoo or something. It's yeah. just so lame. And it's like this is supposed to be one of the greatest records of all time. They're just like feeding a bunch of animals, and it's just wearing like a turtlenecks. Picture of them. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? Uh, and then we next we have Spit by Kitty. Uh, oh my god, it's so bad. <laughs> the leopard print border. The leopard print frame is so funny to me. They all look exactly of the era that that album came out. Dude, they all look like the singer of Cold Chamber. Um, horrible fashion, makeup, hair. Lighting. Uh, yeah, it, every, everything is... Uh, the, I mean, the album cover is literally just a picture, like a promo photo of the band that they clearly used on like a press kit or something. And they go, well, we need to kind of zhuzh this up a little bit. So they added a horrible leopard print border to the whole thing. It just, it's, it doesn't match. Nothing aesthetically goes together. Um, horrible, horrible album cover. Uh, then we have shut the fuck up talking to me, Zach Fox. You know why, you know why this is here. Everyone knows why this is here. He did it on purpose. It's disgusting. It's just some dirty ass floor with some like eating chicken wings and someone's feet. And Someone's like, nasty ass feet. Why? Cigarettes. Why would you do that? It's disgusting. And uh, and when, <laughs> I, while we record our shorties, I I sometimes put the album cover as my background on my video. Yeah, that so was the worst one to look at. That was hard. That was hard to look at for an hour. A uh, fucking you know, jammy ass toe, and uh, with some calluses and shit on it. And the last nominee is uh, Yes by Morphine. Which our buddy uh, uh, Jay brought in. I the font, love you, Jay. We love you. The font is such a weird choice. It looks like they literally just chose one of the three default fonts for it. <laughs> oh, and, and like paint or something. Like it's it's just a fire, and there's like some shape on the left, and it it's it kind of frustrates me that I can't figure out what it is. Um. Yeah, I can't really figure out what it is either. Um. And just but, weird placement of the band up top, and then yes, in the lower left corner, and it looks the, bad. It looks bad, it, especially because the font of uh, the the actual like band name is the biggest thing on the cover, like the biggest text on the cover, and they're put they're using the same background as the fire, so it's yeah, kind so of it's... hard to read. It's just weird, man. It's very weird, and it's not engaging at all. It's not a fun album to look at. So. so. Yeah, that had to get on the list. Uh, and so the winner of the worst album cover of the year is Lucas. Without contest. It is <laughs> Shut the Fuck Up Talking to Me. 
by Zach Fox. I don't want to look at that album cover ever again in my life. I don't want to look at your dirty ass feet. I don't want to yeah. look at this weird kitchen floor. The why'd you have to like everything about it annoys me. And it's, I think it's, it's meant to be disgusting and it's gross. Meant for it. Uh, yeah. So let's and it let's worked. Goddamn it. I want to cleanse our palates by going through the best <laughs> album art of the year. Yeah, fuck yeah, man. And this is a this was a way more fun category for us to, yes. to kind of dig into, man. Um, a lot of great album art this year. Um, I think, you know, some some good honorable mentions that didn't even make it onto this list. Um, I would say Space is Still the Place had a great album cover. Yeah, it definitely got across, like, what the album was going to be. Very psychedelic. Um, I, I would say Resignation by Arx Manitz is a very cool, weird album cover. Um, yeah, man, there's there's some good honorable mentions, but I would say the four nominees for our favorite favorite album art of the year, the first one is Meteora by Linkin Park. I know this one's a very personal one to you. Yeah, I, I'm you know, I've grown up looking at this picture. Very cool, very rustic, very gritty punk this person just spray painting with all this black space on the bottom is always very cool to me. Yeah, it's cool. I remember that album cover so vividly, and I looked at it all the time in high school. Yeah. I loved it, too. <laughs> it was great. And the next one is uh, Infest the Rat's Nest by King Gizzard. That one was one of my favorites of the year because of the like journey that we had while we were recording the podcast on like what the fuck the album cover is. Yeah. And that was really fun to like dissect that with you and like figure it out. You know, over the course of like ten minutes or whatever. Because at first I hated the album cover. It it just looks kind of nasty to me. The album cover was what got me to not listen to the record for so long, despite but, hearing two singles from it and loving it. But the album cover stopped me from listening to it. But it made sense uh, on further listens. It did, yeah. It's a very very cool cover. Um, and the next one is "Cause I Love You" by Lizzo. <laughs> Going back to uh, Lucas's appreciation for for Lizzo. Yes. Yeah. Um I th- I think despite, you know, just being uh you know, from a, a male's perspective or whatever, I think it's just such a it sucks to say brave, you know, but I think it's a very brave album cover for for Lizzo. She's completely naked. Um you know, not it doesn't look like there's a lot of photoshop going on. Like you can see imperfections, you can see it's a normal woman's body. Yeah. Um, but aesthetically, it is just a gorgeous album cover. It's it's a great photo. Very the, simple. Very minimalistic. Very minimalistic. Pulled off so so well. Uh, and she, I mean, she looked beautiful on the album cover too. And and uh, I think it was a great choice by her and very ballsy. And the last one is the first Run the Jewels record, man. RTJ Run the Jewels. I mean, if they're not legends. And alone for the production and for this them as a duo, their their logo is almost just as legendary it's, and just as like pop culture zeitgeist huge as they are as musicians. So iconic, they own it. They, it, you know, they came up with it and they immediately knew. So okay, random. This is this is something big. Everyone does it at the concerts. They do it at their shows. Every album they've released has some iteration of yep. of them. This one is. Just a black background, zombie hands. Like zombie mummy hands. My exact aesthetic. 
Uh, I love RTJ four with the with like the Daft Punk type of like polygon kind of yeah fucking cool man yeah that is a again like iconic it's an iconic image so out of those four Brett who is our winner for our favorite album art of the year I gotta tell you Lucas it's gotta be Infest the Rat's Nest no King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard no it was so crazy having this mind-blowing moment where we actually figured out what was going on i you know you look you look at the image at first and your eyes just want to look away they just like it's hard it's to unnerving. focus on what's going on yeah and then you realize that that thing that figure is like a rat skull and yeah. there's a vent with smoke coming out of it and it's like oh shit that's like hell yeah, and it's on it's this. the portal. Yeah, they talk about in one of the songs I can't remember which one where the the portal to hell is a a gate made of amber. Yeah, that's hell, and that's hell. Okay, that's the last song. So, dude, yeah, I mean that was it. We, neither of us knew what we were looking at, um, and the way that we broke it down and, and really dove into the lyrics and dove into the imagery that they were uh, having on the album cover, it it fucking blew me away when we figured out what it was, and that's so much fun. And I have such a huge appreciation for that album cover too, because that that image is an actual physical thing that they made. It's so a crazy. it's a it's a sculpture that someone made for them. It, it almost looks like a painting when you. Look it does. At it. It, it it has this weird um, filter or something on it, but it's just so cool to know that that is this is a physical piece of something that someone made for this album cover and something that we both hated the album cover until we broke it down and figured out what it was. And then I fucking love it now to the point where it's our favorite album art of the year. Yep. Yeah. Very cool, man. Very cool. Uh, and listen, I, Lucas, this is completely unplanned, but we have to, we got to look, we have to talk about the drama. Oh shit. There was, there was a little bit of drama this year, huh? I, I want to take a break from the awards. I, I want to suss a couple things out. There were a couple things uh, that happened with us this year that we didn't give a public explanation for. We finally just got freedom from our lawyers to talk about it. And I just wanted, I yeah. just want to use this platform to clear that stuff up. The lawsuits have all been settled um, yeah. out of court. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I, I mean, you know, this is all, this is you, man. I mean, if you want to talk about it, if you're ready to talk about it, if you're willing to talk about it, Brett, let's I, get into it, man. You know, I think I'm ready. There were it, there were only a couple public events uh, that really went viral, uh, and the first one was when we absolutely dropped the ball on Comedy Bang Bang. Oh, uh, God, it's so embarrassing, we, dude. We totally ruined that episode. Uh, it, you remember, we, we're huge fans of the podcast, right? Yeah. And then... We, we go into the place, and guys, it, we thought it was all fake. Yeah. We, we, we thought all the characters and all the events that happened on that show, we thought it was a bit. We thought it was fake. We thought it was just real people pretending to be other people. And, you know, we were just completely caught off guard when John Lennon came in the room. And we didn't know he was actually alive. We thought it was a fucking bit. We didn't know he actually faked his death, and he's just hanging out with Scott Ackerman. You know? Yeah, and he and he looks great. He looks fantastic. I, I I don't know how he's kept his glasses in such good condition. The exact same glasses that you see in all those Beatles photos. Like I looked at his lenses; there's no scratches on those lenses. I don't understand how he fucking does it. 
it, then then like a, a 40 foot giant kind of peeked into the room he's like hey okay. you know they got him a mic yeah. a time cop came in time uh, cop fucking cake boss dude uh, cake boss like got what a great really guy upset. by the way he's a great guy but he got fucking pissed at me <laughs> and i well, feel i mean i feel bad i mean he was also belligerently drunk he was yeah he didn't like that i told him that i prefer pie and i should have known i should have known i, you, I known. mean i i really wish you could have kind of spoke that to me before you said anything because i would have definitely yeah. geared you up but. i remember the look on your face man you fucking kicked me under the table and uh yeah i didn't know what you were doing i was just like dude what the fuck like i even said it i was like why'd you fucking kick me yeah and then that became a whole thing and, and it, that was a whole thing i can't believe ackerman un- just left the episode completely unedited it's like a two hour long episode and we just half the time we're just what what just confused and but, starstruck but and you, uh but you you know yeah lots of arguments but honestly you know that one for me not that big a deal uh i think for you you're you know the, yeah, the nickelodeon I, kids choice awards man like you look, gotta I, you gotta talk about it dude i'm i'm so ashamed guys and i really wish that uh, I could have apologized sooner, but it's it's everyone saw it. Everyone saw my nip slip yeah. at the uh, on the red carpet of the Kids Choice Awards. Literally and everyone. I knew the dress was risky. Yeah, you were wearing the fucking J Lo dress from you know 1997 or whatever. Like you, but you I, didn't use the right uh, nipple tape. Well, I, I mean, I had I had little pasties, but I. I didn't think anyone think it was going to happen. I used nipple pasties. They looked like my nipples. Yeah, I don't know why you, why I, that was your grand idea. I, you know, in hindsight, it does seem like a bad idea. You're right. Yeah, um, uh, I mean, now you know, dude. You, you can't. You, you have to wear underwear first right. of all at the at the Kids Choice Awards. Yeah. Uh, second I mean, of all, if you're going to wear pasties, have them not look like nipples. That's another big thing. Yeah. Uh, well, and I mean, if you're going to wear a dress, like fucking. You know, be in the shape for the dress. You yeah, know? I should have like, at least fit into it. I did steal yeah. it from J Lo, and I thought I thought it would work itself out. I thought it would fit right, but it really look. It did not. It did. It did not. And I'm it did I'm not. so sorry about that. And I, I know that yeah. I know that was everyone. It, the only thing anyone could talk about all night was my little nip slip. But uh, yeah. I'm I'm working on getting better. I think you're lucky that you didn't end up on some fucking government database somewhere after that, okay? So, be thankful. I, no, I am. It was embarrassing, but, uh, you know, you, you could... You might not be able to live within a thousand yards of a school, you know, had you not handled that the right way. So, you did good. I, I mean, I have to thank my lawyers. I have to thank my family. I have to thank God. I was going to say, if you don't mention God, I'm cutting this fucking episode yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but listen, that's, I, I just needed to get that stuff off our chests. There was a little bit of drama this year, guys, and we haven't addressed it yet. And we had to address it because we want you to know that it's done. We have a, we've, we're, we've sorted it out. You know, Brett knows now, um, it's, it's no big deal. Uh, I think it's time that we go back to the awards. We don't need to harp on this at all. And y'all, we are in the big times now we oh, are yeah. at the worst record of the year worst song of the year best album of 2021 mm-hmm. all coming up 
Uh, we're mm-hmm. going to start with the worst record on the podcast that we listened to this year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What, what, what are those nominees, Brett, for worst fucking record? Boy, I'll tell you. Number one, Famous Monsters by Misfits. It was never released, but I had to put it on the list. I had to make it one of my nominees. It's crazy that the album was so bad that it didn't even we didn't even put out the episode and it still made it on the fucking list. <laughs> Every <laughs> single song is exactly the same. It's all It's very cheesy. It's such the lyrics are so bad. Every song mm-hmm. amounts to here's the monster now it's gonna kill you. You know. Yeah, I mean they clearly like had um inspiration from like 50s and 60s like you know bad uh campy sci-fi movies and and again that's that's right up my alley man and um yeah, first but, time I listened to this album it was great and uh and then it I listened to it too many times <laughs> I I could have you could have given me the names of those songs and I think I would have written you the same depth that those lyrics went into of those songs having yeah, never he, seen the movies He didn't try at all uh, like, uh, like at all um, it deserves also, to be on one of the worst albums of the year. Also, the I didn't like the production at all. There was really no dynamic in any of the songs in any of the in any part of the album. Uh, yeah, there's a lot more bad than good on that record, unfortunately. Uh, but that's you know what? Fine, we'll move on. Next one yeah. is "Distant Call" by Sheer Mag. You... Dude, fuck this album, man! Like it's just. <laughs> <laughs> it's... I... You know, it, it sucks, man, for Sheer Mag. You took such a 180 with me this year. You you lost a fan this year. I apologize. I'm, I'm sorry, y'all, but God, man, yeah, those vocals dude. rip me apart every time. Something I talked about in the episode was that she has this delivery on all of her vocals that it's like it's the most intense moment, and it's the, the big moment of the song where she gets real raspy and like... A lot of... Stuff going on in that record, and um, I think you had a great point that you know she. I loved her voice um, in certain aspects, but when you called out the fact that you know a lot of the songs kind of the lyrics are really stupid, they don't really deal with anything serious or personal much. But the songs that do seem to have very personal, almost dark, you know, hard to uh, like impress that you wrote a song about this type of uh, lyrics. It was very brave of her to write some of those lyrics. And then you have the exact same delivery on a song about your alcoholic dad, you know, hitting you while you were a kid. The exact same delivery of those lines are you talking about sailing and you're a sailor on some fucking stupid yep. barge or whatever. You're going to get the sword or whatever. You're going to get the sword or like you know, 70s, the, 80s lyrics. You got. Right. Yeah. It's uh, dude. It, it, you nailed it with that. That it, it just made it. It took away so much from. Her, her delivery and, and the impact of everything and sorry sheer mag that a distant call did not do well over time uh and what else did not do well over Jesus time fucking christ dude <laughs> new villager by new villager you were very excited to get me to listen to this record and then you were very excited to stop listening to it yeah, I think I might have hated this record more than you in the long run. Uh, wow, what a 180 I, I took on this album. And, and uh, yeah, sorry. Like, your, your fucking phony, artsy, dance pop, uh, art pop stuff did not uh, hold up well. Um, Production-wise, it wasn't very good. Uh, lyrically, it wasn't very good. And what a boring record. What a boring fucking album. 
Yeah, it's it's just it it feels like it's a high art album, and it's yeah they did know, something they made an art installation at the, at the gala. Yeah, they had an art installation where room for every song, and it's just like they they called it like the new villager universe or something. Yeah, like fuck you and get over it. <laughs> uh, Next was what, buddy? What, what oh was this boy. album? <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry, Reniche. Uh, it's called Your Renice. Color yeah. by Pendulum. This is an hour and a half long record, if I remember correctly. It's all drum and bass. I believe it's the best-selling drum and bass record of all time. Is uh, it really? For some reason. I didn't know that. Um, but it's it's pretty much an hour and a half of... Uh, what, what's that fucking stupid drum beat? It, the Amen break. How, how, how does that go? That's it. <laughs> it is literally an hour and a half of the same drum beat for like six-minute long drum and bass songs and six minute is like a short one <laughs> yeah right and oh, man yeah and I, again i apologize to your friend renichi she was very nice uh and very cool that she you know spent time to sit with us and talk about this record but uh oh boy oh boy did i hate this album <laughs> <laughs> well let's get to it let's get to the winner of the worst <laughs> record that we've talked about on the podcast yeah, uh, well, for this year, our least favorite record that we had to listen to and talk about this year was Hold Your Color by Pendulum. Oh, man. <laughs> Again, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, but this is a She's hard not record. They're to not listening get. to it. This is a hard record to listen through. It was tough, man. And you know what sucks is that um, it wasn't like it was bad songs. There was a lot of good things going yeah. on a lot of interesting things i don't listen to a lot of drum and bass so i didn't dislike every single aspect of this album i disliked that every single song had the same bpm it seemed like and uh, the same fucking drum beat it seems like you're supposed to put this record on when you're doing some high uh like Cocaine. amplitude stuff and you're not really supposed to listen to it no i think this is like a cocaine fueled uh bender that you're supposed to be on when you're listening to this record, and it, it would probably blow your fucking mind if, if you were in that scenario. Uh, I, I think as a whole, I think I think song for song, this might be... Individually, the songs are better than the other nominees on this list, but this as a they record... Are, yeah. This album as a record is... It, it, it's, it's, it's impossible for me. I, it's, you know. it's a toughie. It's a toughie. Yeah. Um, well, you know, let's let's expand on this a little bit and talk about our least favorite song of the year. Yes, this was <laughs> pretty tough, but also uh, pretty focused, I'd it, say. Yeah, man. Um, this wasn't hard for us to pick. Uh, what, what are the nominees for this one, buddy? Uh, well, I'll start it off by saying there were three... Uh, Sun City Girl songs on here off the same album originally. We love you, Michael. We love we, you. We decided to lower that to two. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, two two of our least favorite songs of the year are from the same record. Uh, um, and I think overall, I remember I gave that record a pretty good review, but the Imam off that record is yeah. 
unlistenable to me solely because of that kazoo horn thing. Yeah, it sounds like a, a flaring... fufuzela or whatever. Ugh, it's impossible. It's pretty bad. It's and pretty. It's pretty harsh to listen to. The second song off that album was Ben's Radio, which is the first song off it, and, and that was my least favorite one <laughs> because of all the do 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 do. Oh, dude, it drives me fucking nuts. And what sucks is that those moments only last like 10, 15 seconds. And everything around those parts, I love. But those parts are so bad that it is one of my least favorite songs of the year. It got on the list. Uh, got on the list. Third nominee is The Right Stuff off A Distant Call Ugh. by Sheer Mag. The can, Right Stuff. You can tell. Yeah, uh, We did not cotton this record in any fucking way, shape, or form. And then, such a terrible song on a terrible record. The fourth song. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to get us in real deep. There's no coming back from this. Should we say it? Yeah, fucking say it. I'm waiting for the day by the yeah. Beach Boys off Pet Sounds. Yeah. I'm sorry, y'all. This album, it's it's like listening to white noise to me. I'm waiting for the day when we could love again. Terrible. That's such a weird instrument choice, and I don't think it works at all. No, uh, it's it's, just, it's it's painful for us, man. You know, it may just be the times, but there are so many songs that sound exactly like this. You know, music is subjective. We fucking hate this album. All right, we're not saying it's a bad record. We're just saying we hate it. All right, so I'm waiting for the day. Yeah, one of my least favorite songs of the year. Uh, but who is the winner, dude? The loser, the winner of worst <laughs> yeah. song of the year that we listened to. Uh, is the right stuff by Sheer Mag on a distant call. I, yeah. you know, I do partly feel bad for ragging on these guys so much, but also they're a successful band, so they are. The mess part of me doesn't care. They'll be fine. Yeah, and I think honestly, um, you know, we talk about their riffs, we talk about their production. You know, all of that is just as bad as any other song on the record. But her vocals are especially grating on this song. And it's also like the lyrics are just a lot of n- nonsense. It's stupid. Yeah, I I don't know. It's yeah, fuck them. <laughs> uh, but you know what? Let's let's give out our last award here, and this is for the best album of 2021, specifically that came out in 2021. Yeah, this is not a record. Uh, these are these don't have to be records that we listen to on the podcast and did an episode about it is just, I mean, you know, outside of the podcast, we do listen to other fucking music sometimes. And, uh, we are still fans of music outside of having to listen to it for the podcast. And, uh, we had some, there was some really good music that came out this year, man. Really good. Oh yeah. And, and some of it, uh, a half of it, I found out through this podcast. Yeah. And, uh, wow. Um, so glad that we listened to these albums. So, the first one, one of our favorites, one of what we think is the one of the best albums that came out this year, and it might be on a top 10 on a lot of lists, I wouldn't be surprised, is Glow On by Turnstile, the hardcore punks that are completely changing the hardcore punk scene right now, I currently. absolutely adore this album. And I fucking I was, love this record. I was ready to blow off this record. 
This was our first shorty. Uh, Lucas was the one who suggested we do this turnstile record, and I thought, oh, I don't really care about turnstile. I've heard them. I don't get it. Like I was very excited. I was very excited I, to listen to it. Extremely lukewarm. And then song by song, we were just so shocked, and it was so dynamic and cool, and we were always getting surprised. Uh, Dude, it this yeah, this album, you don't expect to hear Latin influence on a hardcore punk record. You don't expect to hear bedroom pop influence on a hardcore punk record. Yeah. You don't expect to hear grunge influence on a hardcore punk record. These guys are changing the face of hardcore punk. And uh, I, just like you said about uh, the new Limp Bizkit record, that you hope it influences a whole bunch of new bands, I really, really hope Glow On influences a whole new generation of punk bands. Oh, boy. I, I would like nothing more than to hear more bands delve into this uh like hybrid genre yeah. of like hardcore punk like latin uh the latin thing got us man we punk. both loved that so much oh dude i've been trying to i've been wanting to incorporate we kind of did it on our record which we talked i'm not yeah. gonna get too into it we did yeah. it on our record and it was the most excited it was so exciting so much fun, especially for like, you know, I wonder if it's, if it's especially fun for you because, uh, you don't, you don't come from a Latin culture. Yeah. It's, it's really nothing I've heard before. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's new territory for you and it's uncharted territory. And I really think if you expand, expand your horizons a little bit, you're going to find a lot of Latin music that you, that you love. Uh, I mean, we have two albums on here of our favorites of the year by the same band and i don't think it's gonna surprise anyone who that is you already know who it is it's king gizzard and the lizard wizard it's Wizzy and butterfly 3000 god damn dude lw amazing record butterfly 3000 amazing record talk about a hot streak how do you go so long without making a bad record how do you come out with five records in a year in 2017 and have them all sound unique and different and special and then you release two this year that both could not sound more different from each other, and they're both just as good as the other one. Oh, L- LW is really cool psych rock, but they're in- incorporating some of their folky stuff also in it. They're not heavy at all. It's droney uh, vibe. It's just vibes the whole way through. Yeah. And Butterfly Three Thousand is like electronic folk music to me. It's like they brought back like magic flying uh paper balloon or whatever, like their their super super folky record. And then they made they rewrote those songs on like synthesizers and it's one of the coolest albums I've heard in my whole life. But they also incorporate a lot of Indian scales and microtonal stuff as they right. you know are keen to do. And a lot, a lot of Asian influence on Butterfly Three Thousand specifically. Right. Lots of Asian it, influence on that one. Both both albums, there's not a bad song. There's a lot nope. of catchy songs. So catchy. Um, and this last one surprised us, man. Yeah, this is this is one we expected to be good, and then we listened to it, and it wasn't, and then it became good. <laughs> and then it became honestly amazing. It is "Talk Memory" by Bad Bad Not Good. And I. I don't think anyone expected this to be a bad record, but they really changed up the formula on this one. They did, man. They, um, you know, I went into it expecting it to be more of an indie jazz record. Um, judging from the stuff that I'd heard 
previously from them before. And they really blew me away with how beautiful this album was. It was very theatrical, very cinematic. Very cinematic. There's a lot of orchestra orchestra stuff yes. happening. There's a guy on here, Arturo, Arturo uh, oh man, I forget his last name, but he conducted the whole string uh, orchestra. They had guests on that were just purely like guest musicians playing saxophone or clarinet or, you know, key, uh, fucking harp. There's a, a, a featured harp like guest <laughs> yeah. on this. It's, I did not expect a psychedelic, beautiful, cinematic album from Bad, Bad, Not Good. And it's definitely one of my favorites of the year. Oh yeah, it's and in, uh, I mean, with uh, that said, man, the best, our favorite, the earbuds official, best favorite album that was released in 2021 is <laughs> Butterfly 3000 by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. What a what a tough competition. What a stellar Especially, record, man. It was hard picking between the two Gizzard records, but it was really hard for me picking between this and Turnstile. Um, yeah, it was, man. And honestly, it was kind of hard to pick between this one and LW, the other King Gizzard record. Like, right. It, it, was, it was hard. Um, but you know what? Overall, Butterfly 3000, it, it is just fully realized electronic Indian folk music and it's so interesting throughout the entire record and i i don't know man it's it's just it's it's the album of the year that's what it is clearly i mean my favorite record of the year personally um we had to have a little debate <laughs> to <laughs> to get to making this both of our favorites but uh yeah man if you guys have not heard butterfly 3000 if you like indie music just check it out dude just check it out you're not going to regret it and holy shit, man. I mean, that's that's pretty much it. We have a couple of more things, but uh, no real awards or anything to offer. The, the next thing that we're going to talk about, I mean, real quick, I just want to say what a fun year this has been. It's been it's, a really great thing, like getting to having a reason to talk about music with you every week. Yeah, man, because, you know, during the band practices, uh, it was so nice talking to everyone about you know just music new stuff coming out old stuff that you never knew about and it's it's i feel like you and me kind of share a lot of musical ideals and stuff and it it just made sense to do this and i'm glad that i forced uh you Luis, and Brittany to do a dungeons and dragons session a dungeons and dragons campaign with me uh which eventually led to this yeah, man, I'm so thankful that Louise and Brittany bailed on uh, yeah. on one D and D session, and we said, "Fuck it, we still want to hang out." And this just ended up being like, "Dude, we should start a podcast. Let's fucking, you know, let's just talk about something for an hour." And um, yeah, man, it's been really, really fun, and it, it's been a really cool experience, like getting closer to you um, through music and like sharing music. And I think one of my favorite things about music. Uh, for me personally is sharing it and getting other people to listen to it and realizing that, you know, if they like it, I don't think there's any, there's not a, a better feeling for me 
when it comes to my love for music and ha- and involving music that it's like dude if i show you an album or i show you a song and you fucking love it that makes my day you know yeah. and that's been a really fun experience with this record and it's been really fun like talking about shit that you don't like that i love too <laughs> <laughs> the controversies are fun as well but i i, I feel the same way in, in in all regards and i'm glad that we're gonna just keep going man I think yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really excited for this next year. Um, it's gonna be really fun, man. But and with that said, going into this next year, what is your most anticipated record that is coming out in 2022? Lucas, I am extremely hyped. I can't wait to listen to JID's The Forever Story, seemingly the sequel to The Never Story. Uh, he's such a cool, versatile rapper. He always has in- interesting instrumentals behind him. Uh, and he's I, come I, up so many times in this in this episode, man. Yeah, and I, I can't wait to see how he evolves. Yeah, I think uh, I've also been a huge fan of JID for the, for the last couple of years, and I didn't know he had a new record coming out until you told me, and I'm I'm very excited about that, uh, especially if uh, that song that he released, that remix that he released with Denzel Curry, is any indication of what this record might sound like. I think uh, I think we're in for for a treat, man. Um, my my most anticipated record. Oh, I didn't Which ask. I know, but I'm going to tell you anyway, and I'm going to tell the listeners because this this isn't about you, okay? Really? Well, uh, it, it probably it's redundant at this point, but I had no idea up until a couple weeks ago that King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard was going to release a remix version of their Butterfly 3000 album. Uh, I don't know how you remix this album. <laughs> But they've released two singles so far. One remixed by Peaches, which I think is a huge deal. Uh, and it's a pretty fucking good remix. And another remix by The Scientist, which is one of the most famous reggae dub producers of all time. Uh, he made a fucking dub reggae version of Shanghai. And I, I <laughs> can't fucking believe it. So uh, I'm Butterfly so excited to hear that. Yeah, Butterfly 3001. I'm so excited to hear... Uh, all those songs and I I just I don't know why but in my heart I have a feeling because they got Peaches they got the scientists I don't know I have a feeling Beck is going to do a remix and I don't know why (laughs) but my anticipation for this record is not just to hear the remixes but to see who they got to remix their albums because if the Peaches and scientists know if Peaches and the scientists know about King Gizzard I'm excited to find out who else does and I'm I'm really looking forward to that yeah, man, I'm hyped to hear that too. I I haven't even listened to the singles yet. We'll see. Oh, dude, I think you're gonna like the Peaches one. I mean, you're not a big fan of dub reggae, so I wouldn't blame you if you don't like the scientists' uh, rendition of of a song. But the Peaches one is fucking cool, man, and I I just think they're only gonna get better from here. Um, I'm very excited to hear it. And you know what, man? I hope we get better from here. And I think I think it's a good idea. I don't think this is cause gonna cause any turmoil. I want us to kind of go over our least favorite things about each other and you see how we can improve in the new year, you know, see what we can do to kind of better ourselves to each other, uh, both personally and on the podcast. Yeah. You know, we, we pat each other's backs, um, so often, and we, we express love for each other, which I think is, uh, is honestly a great thing. Um, not enough friends especially male uh or you know it just uh, got like friends just don't tell each other enough that they love each other and it's something that like dude every time 
I look forward to recording with you every single week. And, uh, you know, and it's something that I leave always in a good mood. I Sometimes I've recorded in a bad mood. And by midway through the episode, like, you've completely, you know, made my day better. And I think that's something that I'm so glad that we express that often to each other. Yeah. But I'm ready to fucking tell you I've had a lot of problems with you this year. And I'm ready to fucking air my grievances. Well, you know what? I have some grievances, too. Usually I say it to your fucking face. Right, I yeah. hide in a corner all the time. But no. Okay, okay. let's see. All, right. all right. You you know, you go. You go first. All right. The, I want to hear whatever bullshit first, you came up with that you have some fucking problem with me now. The first least favorite thing I hate about Lucas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, He's mm-hmm. always showing me up. Always, <laughs> always doing everything I do better than me. Stealing the spotlight. Uh-huh, it is, more, yeah more succinct on how you critique music it's easier for you to uh to (laughs) express your emotions first of all that's bullshit i talk for way longer than you do i am not succinct at all i i use way too many words for everything uh and you know just a lot more handsome and sexy than me i mean that's debatable first of all all right but don't hate me because i'm beautiful that's not fair. I didn't I didn't ask for this face. Well, guess what? Here we are. I didn't ask for these abs, you know? Like, come on. <laughs> I just showed Brett my abs, rolls. by the way. Yeah, I, I didn't ask for these stretch marks, all right? God gave these to me, Brett. It's not my choice, but, you know. What? What, whatever. what? You have something against me? For things to not like about me, I guess that's not so bad. You know? Okay. Um, but, well, I got, a, but, I got a good amount of others, so we'll see. Oh, great. Uh, well, I am going to just roast you to oblivion right now. All right. You ready? All right. You're, strap in. All right. Okay. Strap in, buddy. All right. One of my most, one of my least most f- things about you. <laughs> <laughs> one of my least favorite things about you, Brett, is how goddamn patient you are with me. All right. I don't need so much leeway with someone you know when there's a time that i can't record or i'm just not feeling good or something came up you know you're so goddamn patient and you always you're you're very flexible i hate how goddamn flexible you are with me it's it's something that it's like i need like a drill sergeant you know and you are not that all right you're my fucking uh you're you're my little buttercup and uh, and it just drives me insane. All right, that's just to start. That's just one. All right. Well, I was waiting for you to finish your sentence. Yeah, because uh, I'm so succinct, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, because I'm my patience allows me to. Oh, do see, see, you you you're so patient that you think I'm succinct, and you couldn't be more wrong. <laughs> also, I hate how goddamn little weed you smoke. All right. Well, you need to you need more marijuana and THC in your system. Go ahead. Go ahead. Get me some of your Cali weed. Give me a setup. I mean, I will commit a felony if if that's what it takes to get you to finally fucking imbue some (laughs) marijuana into your system. I need some green in my veins. You're on a you're on a podcast. You're a you're one half of a podcast that uses weed puns. For almost everything that we do, and there's not nearly enough THC in your system <laughs> to be a part of that. Well, look, right? that's that's something I'm going to work on. I'm moving to Seattle. 
next year. Right. All right. Right. Which is my last issue with you. Oh. Is that you don't goddamn live in San Diego. Well, whose fault is that? That's your fucking fault. I when I told you to, I'm moving. I tried to stow away in the U-Haul. You caught uh-huh. me. Yeah. Well, you know, we didn't have room. I fit. No, you, you, you threw out the fucking, you know, uh, coffee table and I, I, all of a sudden the coffee table's on the co- street. Yeah. And I threw out your couch mm-hmm. and I turned, I like brought a generator and I turned on your TV cause I was, it's a long right. drive. Yeah. And I just got to ask, man, I've been meaning to ask you how, where were you going to sleep when you moved with us after you threw out my couch? Can you, can you explain that, that logic to me? I was going to sleep on the the bed. I don't know. Oh, with me and Christina? Yeah. Oh, see, now that makes sense. Yeah. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> All right. My, I was a little hard on you then. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, I mean, well, you know, listen. we I... have problems with each other, right? Clearly, there are things we need to work on. Our relationship is not as strong as it could be. Well, I'm not done. Oh, great. You get to hang out with Bo all the time, and I don't. Yeah, I do. I you know do. how much really, that hurts? I really do. He, he 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 chimed in on the episode. You heard him. He's yeah, so yeah. cute, so adorable, mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. He is. He's a, he's a gorgeous a gorgeous specimen. Uh, you're always fiddling with your fucking keyboard and mouse while we're recording. <laughs> 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 and the mic always picks it up. Okay, wait a second. That, that's a real complaint. I didn't know we were going to do real complaints. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting personal now. Uh, and the last thing, four foot vertical leap. Yeah. Oh, you're you're upset that I have a that I, I can jump super high. Yeah. I. You know. You you got the hops, and I. You do it every time we get on call. We yeah. do it every time we meet up in person. And it's the first thing know, I do when we it's the first thing I do when we hop on Skype together. You literally hop on Skype and it it's mm-hmm. it you know it makes me mad. You know I get jealous and you do it anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, get into CrossFit, you know? Figure it out. Well, me, meet me halfway here, man. I'll I'll do a 2 2 foot vertical leap if you could do a 2 foot vertical leap and we can combine the two. <laughs> to make it a, Yeah. All right. Yeah, together, I mean, together we make each other stronger, right? Right. Let's do a two-foot vertical leap, bud. All right. Well, yeah. Okay. Fine. Th- these are the things we're going to work on. These are the things we're going to try to, you know, put in front of us whenever we interact with each other. These and are a few of my least favorite things about you. These are a few of my least favorite things about you. About you. Man, and with that said, what a year, bud. What a year. What a year, man. And I, you know what? I'm, I'm sick of looking back. I'm tired I'm, of it, man. I'm, I'm so ready for a new, a new episode, a new, a new record. I'm ready for some new talk about some new stuff. I'm ready to get enlightened. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for some guests. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for some maybe new music, maybe a new profile picture. Shit. Shit. Maybe some merch, maybe a Patreon, maybe some new segments. Dude. Who knows? Who fucking knows? I am so looking forward to the next year. Uh, I'm so looking forward to like what this next year brings us, man. And, uh, you know, as, as again, I think 
this year has uh, honestly like been so great for our friendship. Has been so great for me personally. Like I moved cross country. We both dealt with a lot of personal things this year. Um, a lot of things as Americans also this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I really, you know, you have helped me through a lot and have made a lot of uh, hard situations easier for me thanks to this podcast and and for you i mean honestly just being willing to to do this with me man and it's, it's been oh, awesome oh man it's been great dude I, I can't wait to see what happens next year i i like to remind you every single time that you had the idea for the podcast you brought this up i i would have never even thought to do something like this i never thought i'd do a thing where i like critique stuff because i assumed i was bad at it but you <laughs> came up with it and we decided to do it and yeah i don't know man like like everything else it's something you got to plan for and it's kind of a responsibility and it's it's just really cool to know that every week we're gonna at least talk every week we're gonna at least like hey like how many friends talk to each other at least once a week for like an hour and a half at a time not a lot yeah. of people do that, man. And and even if we can't do an episode some week, there's like a complication. Like we talk about it, we figure out the next time we're gonna do it. Yeah, uh, I think uh, it's a podcast has been has is something that I've wanted for so so long, and it has been. And I know that I can't do it on my own, and it's been. Uh, I I I'm so lucky to be friends with someone who is uh, executes. Uh, that is dedicated, um, sticks with what they say they're going to fucking do. You know, that's it's hard to find someone like that, that like really, you know, fulfills their promise a little bit, like kind of steps up to the plate and and does the thing that they say they were going to do. And uh, and I just, I honestly, man, I could not have done any of this without you, clearly. And uh, and it's just been, it's so self-fulfilling and, and uh, so fun, man. And it's just been, it's been the best. It's been the best. I, I, I don't know what more to add, man. I, I, I feel the same way. I, I feel, you know, every, every couple months I try to tell you and, you know, the other Mortalis guys, I'm so glad I stumbled upon y'all yeah. and like, we're all really good friends and that we met on fucking Craigslist. Yeah. It's insane. I'm like, after I got out of college and I was just like wandering around and I met these guys at a at a at a coffee shop that I was terrified to drive to. And then we <laughs> yeah, talked about right. like bowling. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, man. And it was like fast friends, dude. It was like so instant the the connection that we all had. And yeah, man, and we're all. I, I remember when like we had our first meeting when I was officially in the band. It was like our third time meeting, uh, and I was like, "Yes, I'm in. I'm in the business." I want to make a living, so I'm going to take my cut for myself. And then, mm -hmm. you know, the second time we practiced, like, all that kind of dropped. And I was like, dang it, I, I like these guys too much like, to, like, not, you know, contribute and, like, use whatever I get paid to, like, go to the studio and all that. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. It was, uh, it's just so, it was fate. It was kismet when we all met each other and... And, uh, yeah, buddies, if you're listening to this and you have a friend that you feel this way about it, man, fucking tell them, dude, like remind your friends how much you love them and care about them. It's going to, it's weird, but tell your friends you love them, man. Cause like they need to Do hear it. it. 
Yeah, they in and who doesn't love being told that that someone loves you, you know, and yeah. how much you mean to someone. And uh, some people need reminders, and uh, and we're all in this together. And you know, Brett, I love you so much, man. And buddies, we fucking love you for listening. And you know, go hug someone. Go start a fucking podcast. Go start a band. Go yep. do something. Go yep. do something creative. Hook up with your friends and fucking get together and do something. Because from my experience, only great things come out of it. And it only, you know, for at least for me, I've been lucky enough that it's only made my friendship stronger. And it's only brought me closer to the people around me. And, uh, and it's interesting t- tangentially, too, how, you know, my podcast, or sorry, our podcast, has gotten me closer... <laughs> <laughs> has got uh, me okay. closer. No, okay. really the truth comes out. The truth comes out. Uh, no, it has got me closer to other people. Like uh, for old, you know, old friends of mine from elementary school are listening to this shit, dude. And I'm reconnecting with people that I haven't spoken to in 20 fucking years. You know, and it's it's incredible, and, and it's been such a blessing to me uh, to be able to do this. And can't wait, man. Can't wait to see where this goes. I am so excited for the future. Again, please. I know if you're listening to this, I know you've had an idea for a podcast. I know you want to make it. Get on your computer. Use your computer mic. Use your phone mic. Edit it in Audacity. Audacity is free. Go ahead and do it. And look, if it falls through after three episodes, it falls through. But maybe it won't. And at least you tried, man. Trying is the hardest part. Getting yourself to do something is the hardest part. Getting started is so fucking hard. It doesn't... like. Even if it's just you and your friends just talking with no like with no theme or anything, just do it. Just do it. Just just have fun. Just do it. And on that note, buddies, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thank you so much for listening to us this year. If you've been in and out, or if this is the first one that you're listening to, we really, really, truly appreciate you guys. Um, tell your friends about us. Tell us what you think of our show, man. If you fucking hate it, if you love it, like we want to hear everything about it. And uh, and whether you like it or not, there's going to be more episodes in 2022. <laughs> yep. And uh, and we're only just going to keep doing it, and it's only going to get better. And um, you know, check us out on Instagram at EBPcast, uh, YouTube Earputs Podcast. You can find me at John Luke Guitard. You can find Brett at Brett Hanrahan. The whiskey's starting to come back up. Oh god. <laughs> The next episode, where I think we're going to have a guest on it, is going to be a great way to start the new year with a, a guest coming on. Yeah. Um, we don't even know what we're fucking listening to yet, but let us know what you thought of any of these records that we talked about today. Did you, did you hate them? Did you love them? Um, let us know what you think, man. Tell us what your least favorite thing is about Brett, because I'm really curious. And let me know your least favorite thing about Lucas, because I know I'd like, to, I'd like some other opinions. That's going to be crickets, bud. You're you're only going to hear feedback. <laughs> You're just going to hear audio. Uh, there's going to be nothing but audio drift on that because I'm going to fucking, I'm not going to allow it on the on the podcast. Well, yeah, we'll see about that. We'll see how I can shamans my way into, into that. <laughs> All right, man. Well, dude, what a great year, man. First year of Earbuds Podcast. Can't wait to see what we do next year. Happy New Year, everybody. Let's try to survive through this together. Yes, it is 2022. It is a new year, and we are all in this together. And it's only been over two hours, so this is a pretty succinct podcast. (laughs) This is short and sweet.
Yes. And thanks again for listening, buddies. We love you. Brett, uh, what would you uh, what would you rate this uh, episode? Lucas, I'm going to rate this year of podcasting a 10 out of 10. Unironically, 10 out of 10, man. A 10 out of 10. And I don't care about the audio errors and the system nah. errors and the not uploading some weeks. It was a 10 out of 10, a perfect podcast year. Yeah, there hasn't been one podcast that I have not enjoyed doing this year. And uh, how fun. So much fun. Involving our friends. We want to bring up, bring back so many people and have some new friends on the pod this year as well. Uh, I'm going to rate it a 10 out of 10, man. This was a great episode. It was so fun revisiting this shit. Uh, and, I mean, with that said, man, I, I, I mean, Brett, this was fucking good. Lucas, this was good. And bye, buddy. Bye, y'all. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. We love you guys. Woo. And a three and a two and a one.